week's voice party is brought to you by IOPvideo.com. We're all stuck inside and content is king right now. So if you want to create some content, have some video shot, advertise your small business, start a podcast, whatever, check out IOPvideo.com. We do it all and we will do it all for you. IOPvideo.com. We make things look pretty. Oh snap, we have a very special guest with us on a voice party. What's up? Oh, it's a Brooklyn Hey, guest. Evan, how's it going? What's good? What's good? How you doing? I'm so, good, I'm good. Man, I'm I tried good. to call you the other day because I had something of of interest to ask you. Okay. Uh, call me after podcast is over, all right? Gotcha. Don't forget. I won't. All right. What's up, Evan? Hey, how you doing? That is a Oh. Man, it's another day getting it done. I'm ready for this. How are you getting? How how you getting? How are you handling this cold we're having tonight? It's very confusing. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 quite confusing. I don't know what the hell's going on right now. Yeah. Uh, man, the Bay Area and bipolar weather is a thing over here. Jesus Christ! I'm out in Brentwood right now, and it's like. 83 degrees and there's no fucking sun. So I'm sitting out in the backyard in a rocking chair, perfectly fine. I envy you not. You I, you know what, man? I I that Tuesday, the hottest day of the, of the week. I, I I was not not mentally prepared for the for the hot weather <laughs> just yet. So I, I went to Half Moon Bay, dude, and it was like it was great. That was like the first time I've been. To, I went. I went late at, later in the day, so almost mm-hmm. nobody was at the beach, and uh, yeah. some right. some little local grocery store guy let me park in his parking lot, which is because all the parking lots are closed for the beaches, which you know yeah. makes sense. But the little grocery store, <laughs> I guess he's not fucking. He's not having any fucking customers right now. Let me park in his parking lot of his business, which is like a few a few feet away from the beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, it was nice, dude. It was like. So I did, haven't did really you, felt hot weather. Did you at least buy something from his shop? No, I actually i i brought i brought a i brought a beer with me. I mean, I was just gonna go look at the water for a few. <laughs> you know, oh, <laughs> it's you park in his lot. You don't even bother to purchase a Gatorade or roll a paper towel. No, nah, it, it was he wasn't one of those. It's one of those places that, like, I don't know if you've been to. Uh, those produce markets where all they have is like fruits and vegetables. No, no, like, you know, it's one of those. You oh, didn't yeah. buy a papaya or, or like an avocado or something to take home and fix with your dinner <laughs> or your uh, breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> like, you like to cook, man. You could have bought something from there. <laughs> you know what? I, the, the dude, I, yeah, man, I've been cooking a lot. I got, I got a little garden going. Okay. I got a, we got a deep freezer. So I got, you know, yeah, it's been great. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. That's what's up. So welcome to the voice party, King Francis. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How's everything with you guys? I'm just, you know, in the same kind of situation as everybody mm-hmm. else, just trying to, you know, stretch it out and making the make everything as yeah. good as possible. Yeah, no, we just we just trying to figure out how to produce a podcast without our studio. So, you know, <laughs> It's an uphill struggle sometimes. Yeah, if you're, a rec- you're a recurring guest, so I feel weird bringing you up because it's like, ah, eh, you're already one of us, kind of, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's only natural, right? Like I got the yeah. most appearances, I think. 
yeah, <laughs> some of the most views. You got, you got your, your, your videos. Pattern, the most pattern. No. pattern. Uh, <laughs> straight up, man. Straight up. Yeah, uh, no, crazy. definitely. You're like, uh, you're like the. You're a little champion, dog. Horseman, yeah, I appreciate it. Now you know the cool thing is though is that. That's only because people just stick with the the go to work stuff, and then we've been doing all this other stuff. So it's just synergy, and people really stick with it. You know, we got like a little loyal base, and I'm starting to kind of see it. I've been able to kind of look at what was kind of lacking in the go to work uh, stuff beforehand, and you know, take the time now to be um, taking more advantage of the audience and kind of connecting with people on a personal level doing zoom skype sessions all this type of stuff so i'm just trying to stay busy you know yeah i feel i feel it man i've been i've been struggling to get some freelance work all my gigs this year canceled already because of the whole pandemic right now finding video work right now is a bit of a struggle since you know you can't be around nobody yeah (laughs) i could imagine my father asked if um it was like is iop video you would feel doing like a a documentary or something about what's going on and i was like it's a pandemic dad yeah but you can't stop the creatives and i was like well you but you but you you may not be able to stop the creatives but the creatives have the sense to stay out root of the virus i don't know i mean that was yeah. an idea though a documentary about you know what's going on i i I don't know. Dad may have. Well, you know, you, could, you could tell him we're doing these episodes, which is kind of a journal of what's happening. And, and yeah. And also, you know, we had that top secret project we were working on with JD before all this started. Yeah. We could easily incorporate this into that. And I got a bike That's now, true. so we could add that to the. Yeah. <laughs> got that bike. Yeah. Yeah, but but oh, this is wait. a very. Simple. I got a bike and I got a bike that I got from Evan too. One of those exercise bikes. No, Evan. Evan knows about the bike I got from him, but I also got a, a real bike, a mountain bike. I, mountain I, I said that earlier too. Yeah, I just Evan. I trained with him, so it's, I thought I'd let you know right now. I got an actual bike, and I rode it for the first time today. First time in years. I kind of thought my neighbors were getting the kick out of seeing a fat guy in a bike, like you know. <laughs> like luckily, I bit it before. I left my parking lot so no one saw. But um yeah, that's that's been great, man. It's been great. Awesome. Yeah, but uh but this is a very special episode because as we've been saying at the plug at the beginning of the episode, content is king right now. And the one thing getting us through this pandemic is some bomb ass content and Dark Side of the Ring season two just wrapped. And you are of course our go-to wrestling aficionado. And I like and Joaquin likes wrestling, and JD has a La Parker mask, so it's a perfect. <laughs> I've, I've seen Nacho Libre a few times, you know. It's a perfect dichotomy of stuff, so yeah, but yeah, so we're gonna be talking about Dark Side of the Ring season two because I think it was an excellent season, a huge step up from season one, and they covered a lot of ground I was not uh, expecting. and you know, it's a pretty big deal. What you so so? What did you, you you've seen everything, right? Okay, all right. So so so, Joaquin, you've seen yeah. everything. Right? Yeah, I've seen everything. Right. I've seen everything of season two. All right, that's what's up. So I mean, I guess I guess let's just go down the list. I mean, they kick things off with probably one of the darkest things that's ever happened in pro wrestling. Yeah. The whole Benoit incident, like it took up two whole episodes to get through the Benoit tragedy. Right. 
Oh, that was crazy. That was a hard. That was a hard fucking start to the season, man. Like yeah, I, was, I was like, what are they gonna do next? Because you know that's like one of yeah. That's not not and, just in wrestling. In like in in well, I remember when that news came out. Like that was huge. Like not just in wrestling. That's yeah. A, <laughs> yeah. In 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 uh, pop culture in general. Yeah. One thing. One thing I really. This, I mean, obviously, there's gonna be spoilers. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, Nancy Benoit kind of gets treated like a victim, and she doesn't really get brought up for her contributions in the wrestling industry. She kind of forgotten, just gets remembered as you know Chris Benoit's wife that he murdered. But like how this episode like reminded people of like her with Kevin Sullivan and her in ECW, like her whole career because she was pretty influential female valet in the early to mid '90s. There weren't really a lot of those. We had Miss Elizabeth. And that was kind of it for a while. And she had this whole resurgence where we had a new wave of, like, and I like that, how they shone a light on her, and they didn't just make her a victim. They showed her contributions to the industry as well. And how the, right. she was and one of the first personalities. I didn't know that about her. That was what I actually found interesting. It was more than just, you know, like, they always came out with a girl on their arm, you know. But her, she had personality, and she contributed to the whole. And I mentioned that she is you know if anyone i mean because it kind of you know i mean like you said spoilers she could potentially be a hall of famer eventually and you know you know the crazy thing about this for me was i i had no idea that because you know for the listeners out there that don't know i don't have cable everything that i watch is streaming through my phone somehow and i didn't realize it was a series so I thought it was just this YouTube Vice thing that just popped up on my feed one day. And then I was like, oh, sweet. They did like a Chris Benoit documentary, you know, and I was just like, you know, I didn't I had no idea they were going to do follow ups and stuff. So when I shared it with the voice party uh, message, me, uh, 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 Facebook Messenger, my intent was this mini doc is huge because as, as far as I know, within my lifetime, within my fandom, the Chris Benoit murder suicide is possibly the most the the largest news and the most tragic news um of all wrestling of all my not all wrestling history necessarily but from my wrestling history and for like my generation and so i was like yeah we should totally review this and then i was like wait there's another one and another one and another one well okay then (laughs) yeah we wanted to talk about this and we we contemplated doing each episode right. but we didn't want to spend two months just talking about dark side right, of the yeah. ring and <laughs> i didn't realize how long this season was because the first season was just six episodes yeah. so i thought six episodes and i totally forgot that they just kept adding shit so it got to be like every week i was just like i think this is the last one. Oh wait no never mind never mind no this is the last one. Oh wait, hold on never mind this is more this is more this is no a couple more so when we finally got to the last one it's like all right uh, I guess we're just going to do a big-ass episode on the whole goddamn season there. You know what? How many episodes are there total? Because I, I watched certain from the first, se- first season. So, so there were six episodes in season one, and then season two had ten okay. episodes. All right, cool, cool. Because I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I watched most of them from season two, which we're, we're going to talk about. But, um, mm. y- y- you know, I want to say this. This is like 
after watching it and you know i was a big fan of i was a big fan of, of chris benoit from like the first time i saw chris benoit was in uh wcw versus nwo i mean yeah it was in a video game yeah <laughs> he was my oh. favorite character to play with you right. remember that one remember that video game and then oh, classic Four. man yeah yeah, uh, and and that was the first wrestling game I ever had. Yeah, dude, and I was WCW and NWO yeah, World Tour. I I like that one better than the one that uh, uh, WWF back when the WWF came out at the same time. Even though I like WWF or oh, WrestleMania two thousand. Yes, I like I like one. WWF way more, but I like the video game mm-hmm. the WCW and NWO a lot better. And but anyways, the the character I like to play with was Chris Benoit. And I was a big fan of him, you know, when I, so I first saw him in the video game and then I saw him when, and they showed it in the documentary that one of his first uh, appearances when he showed up with the, uh, what, were, what was it, the Radicals? Mm. When they first showed up, yeah. against, uh, uh, the, the, the new, new age, no, the new age outlaws, and they did that. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was awesome. And you know what? I'm gonna be honest, man, like watching the whole thing. Mm. I mean, we'll get, we'll get into the story, but I, I, I think. I kind of wish someone killed him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like not, <laughs> instead of what really happened. But yeah, like the Kevin Sullivan theory, where he went in there and made it look like a double homicide. Not even, suicide. not even Kevin Sullivan so much as just is more than like I, you know, just anybody had killed honest, him as opposed that would to be him. way better than Cause, yeah, because because that's that's the big thing with the whole Chris Benoit thing is. As great as he was as a wrestler, and as much as he accomplished, and as much as he was admired, and as much as he should be a Hall of Famer, should be that last weekend in everybody's eyes pretty much overshadows his entire yeah. career, and that's a tra- that's that's almost as bad a tragedy as what actually yeah. happened. But, you know, you have this man who dedicated his life to this and wanted to be the best and wanted to be a perfectionist, and he's completely forgotten because of the last forty-eight hours of his life, which I mean. It was a fucked up 48 hours. So, but uh, now everybody's going to have a different opinion on it. But I, 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 the more I learned, like this taught me a lot about, like you and I had talked before the documentary came, this series came out about, uh, was it Chris Nowinski was his name who became the doctor? Oh, yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and, and CTE and its effects. But actually seeing, you know, Chris Benoit go to a medical professional and say, hey, like, I've had a lot of hits to the head and realize there's something wrong with him. And maybe, maybe had he, had we known more, I say we, like we were involved, but you know, and maybe had they known more and he had known more about his condition, that could have been prevented. I'm a big proponent of, you know, there's a difference between a choice that someone rationally makes Versus a choice that someone is incapable of making rationally. Like, if indeed he committed those rumors because of those murders because of the brain damage, which is something he would not have done if it weren't for the brain damage, then I say blame the brain damage, don't blame the man. You know what I mean? There's a a certain, you know, nuance that a lot of people aren't going to embrace there. Some people, oh, he's a scumbag. But it's like, no, dude had the brain of like what was it a 90 year old you know what i mean like yeah you know, i i as someone who has a family member who's suffering from alzheimer's i 
I can't blame her for anything she does because she can't help herself no matter what destruction she may wreak or what she does. She's out of her mind. And I would be foolish to sit there and treat her as though she was re- responsible for her actions yeah. at this point. So it's a crazy you know thing, though, because like, like to think, okay, his brain was a ninety-year-old person's brain. I mean, you don't hear a ninety-year-old's fucking, you know, you know, I don't know, ninety-year-olds off in their fucking well, grandchildren and family. You know, yeah. Well, they, they, they when they did the autopsy or when they studied his brain or whatever they. I forget what the exact thing was, but they had determined that it was because of the brain damage he mm-hmm. suffered and the trauma that it resembled like an 80-year-old Alzheimer's patient more than a 41-year-old wow. man or whatever it was. That- right. And and after having, you know, lived with someone with that condition, it's kind of like, just yeah. imagine, yeah. you know... I can see what it would be like for a 40-year-old man who's completely muscle-bound to have a hallucination and think that it's possible that when he was doing that to his wife, he could have been thinking he was in a wrestling match, wrestling like like the big show or something. And then, because I've seen it, I've seen the hallucinations happen in my own loved one, and I could totally see him just phasing out and then doing the same thing with his son. But then what some what happens sometimes a lot of times with people in that condition is they snap out of it. And then they, they, like, I've had my loved one say things like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? Am I losing my mind? Why am I walking over here? Well, what was I doing? And then they come back to themselves for like brief moments. So I think, you know, he comes back to himself and he's like, oh my gosh, what have I done? Why are my wife and child gone? And then he can't live with the pain of what he's realized he's done, so he hangs himself. You know, I mean, I stand by that interpretation, especially based on the medical evidence that they present, and based on that interpretation, I can't blame Chris Benoit for his actions. But then again, I've had some experience with someone who has a brain that Mm. is Alzheimer's, and I get it. Thank God she's not, like, muscle-bound and capable of strangling me to death, because that would be... So uh, with with the with the episode, I thought it was it was really good. Um, the both both of them were. Um, man, that whole subject with Benoit is crazy. But like after after kind of spending some time in the ring, um, I can attest to one thing: it's dangerous as, as hell just to even take a bump. I know people like you know in between. Uh, Revolution, pro wrestling revolution, and uh, big time wrestling. I know people who have had injuries just in training to like to you know uh, get concussions, to you know all types of stuff, neck injuries, all that stuff. And this is just in training. This is before you even do a match. People get people uh, get injured to the point where they got to take months off or can't wrestle no more, just off training. So you can imagine with the schedule how it is. You, or how, especially how it was, and you know, back in the day, because it was the, the road schedule was off the off the wall. You taking bumps like mm-hmm. that, um, especially back in those days, because I would say, net, like back then, they were taking like probably tougher bumps, harder hits, um, hits. Yes, some some like that, especially especially those guys who was chopping and knocking the hell out of each other back in the day. Man, they used to really put it in, right? Um, it's still folks that do that now, mm. but I'm just saying it was more of a commonplace thing back then. But um, you, know you know what? what? I'm mm. gonna say this real quick, man. 
Mm. When I watched that documentary, dude, I'm mm. not going to lie, man. I thought about Evan because you're the only person I know that does that. And I was just, you know. No, yeah, it's, it's real, though, bro. You. It's it's yeah. real, though, bro, because the thing yeah. is, it's like, man, I the first thing, and I think Phil and them got tape of this. Uh, one of the first bumps I damn near took, like uh, when you got to do the, the schoolboy or whatever that is, when you got to just jump up, take a, a flat bump right on your back. But you got to yeah. like jump up hella high and land flat on your back um, with your legs up and everything. Man, I overshot it and landed damn near on the back of my head. I almost broke my Jeez. neck right there. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Just overshooting. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's <laughs> wow. not a... It's yeah, it's not an easy environment by the by the least, you know. Yeah, and that's you, what I'm saying. I got I was thinking about like worried about you, you know, like it's yeah, not like a crazy. Mom, you know, but 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 uh no, uh, I appreciate you, but it's that's why I say when when <laughs> when I started to wrestle, I started to more so understand how your brain can get like that, is what I mean right. to say. So yeah. when I see yeah, so when I seen the documentary and just the what I like about Dark Side of the Ring is that like Phil said earlier, it's like they they go more in depth than what any other documentary is gonna do right now, or right. that have done because they're all WWE sponsored for the most part. But it it just gives you tidbits that you didn't know that you didn't know. Yeah, and you know. So and what I was gonna ask is like, is you know you you and me and and our whole clique of people, you know, we are we're wrestling fans as this right. happened. So we remember like when the news broke and all the details as they were coming right. out. But there was some stuff in this documentary that even I didn't know, and I was following this story as it happened. Was there anything in here that surprised you, that caught you off guard, that you didn't know happened? So my first thing was, along with just the 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 beginning of his whole career and how he kind of got started with the dungeon, I knew about that stuff. But then just kind of seeing how he went through Stampede, went through all these other places, just seeing his overall growth arc before everything happened, that was cool. Because, you know, you you see certain things. You might see a, uh, a Benoit match with Malenko from ECW or see, you know, something from WCW. But to see his whole entire kind of path and arc. And to hear, you know what? The good I love hearing Jericho's sides and hearing Jericho's uh, take on Benoit because they know each other so well. And hearing his candid yeah. takes on so many experiences mm-hmm. that they had, just in general, it was, it was cool. It was cool. And then also, all the great matches I was, they had. Hmm? All the great matches they had. Yeah, man. It was just. It was. It was cool to just hear certain people give him his flowers, but then at the same time, hold him accountable. And then just the stuff that happened with his son too. How his son's trying to get into the industry, and they kind of blackball him. Uh, that was kind of interesting to see and and hear from him as well and see how he's kind of oh. dealing with that. You know what I mean? He's trying to get into. Yeah. I don't know. What he was trying to yeah, get in. I didn't get I'm, that from the documentary. I missed yeah. that. Oh shit! I, I don't know. I thought he was. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Is David? Yeah, he's trying to get in, but he he looks <laughs> just <laughs> like his dad. Did, didn't one of you guys and, joke and about it? That's that's kind of a, a yeah. blessing didn't and one a curse in a way that he should come out as a wrestling name, the Crippler. <laughs> I didn't. No, no, it was the killer. It was the killer. Jesus. I think I said he should come out and be like, "Look, it's David Benoit, the yeah. the killer. He you know, the real killer." Last name like that, you, you know, to come um, out like Benoit. So, you, know? you would not get away with that now. <laughs> no. No. So, like, one, one, like one thing I I never knew was like some of the details 
about that whole last weekend because mm. you know I knew okay he killed his wife he killed right. his son I didn't know that like he didn't just kill the, he like put his knee in her spine and broke her back before he killed her and I didn't know that he, I didn't know he that was either. dead for 24 hours before he killed his yeah. son I didn't know that shit he fucking in bed next to the body of his wife like, that's I didn't know that shit. That 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 yeah. hurt. That, that's the that, thing that he called. Um, that that's just the yeah. Story. He like super. Yeah, because he was still trying to make travel arrangements so he could make the pay per view with his dead wife right there next. Yeah. To that would have been worse, I think. Because that thing is for you know twelve years or however long it's been since this went yeah. down. You know, it was easy for me to be like, well, we don't really know what happened, so you know. And still look at him as like you know the wrestler, and try not to think about that last weekend. But knowing some of these details, I'm just like, I mean, yeah, CTE, but come on, man, that's pretty. Yeah, that's know. what that's what I think people like. It hey. makes it harder, make harder to forget that last time. I think that's what people like the mythology of of the conspiracy part of maybe he, maybe he was taken out. Yeah, they they, they want to protect this memory yeah. they have. They want to protect this this legacy, and they want to just they just want to remember. His yeah. career, except for the last, and it's crazy because how they tied it with Eddie Guerrero, dude. Um, yeah, I hated yeah. that. I didn't really like that either. Really, I I, I liked it. I kind of. Honestly, I think that the friendship they shared and the story of that friendship and how that weighs on Chris Benoit after was very important. Yeah, the, the fact when that you, like when you watch that Eddie, when you watch that Eddie Guerrero tribute, like. Uh, Benoit was broken up the most out of everybody. Yeah. I hated seeing I just hated seeing his breakdown. Like as soon as Eddie went, it was you could tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could yeah. just tell. I yeah. Because they one thing the documentary is they tried to pinpoint it to well, when Eddie Guerrero died, that was when this downward spiral yeah. started. That was it, most definitely. And that and it's and it's especially when Eddie's own life says like he seemed to be more beaten up about it than me, you know. Like, yeah, when Benoit's like holding Eddie's clothes and crying on Eddie's bed, and even his wife is like, uh, "You beat yeah. me, guy! <laughs> you beat me, guy!" Like, holy shit! She's like, damn, she's like, I'm ready damn. to throw this shit out. You're over here hugging it, you know? Yeah, like, damn, you got me beat. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. I, you know, I, I. I, I had said this in the in to to you guys off air before, but I'll say it again. You know, it's said in the documentary. I didn't know this, but Eddie Guerrero introduced Chris Benoit yeah. to Christianity. And when you have a friend introduce you into a total new way of life, new way of thinking, I don't care what it is. If it changes your life or what you perceive to be the better, that that furthers your connection to this friend that deepens the connection. Cause now, now y'all share something that's, that's transformative. You know, it's more than just going and get it's a something beer. That's in it's your like brain a lifestyle change. And, and, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, it deepens the connection. So, I mean, that, that I totally bought that, you know what I mean? I totally bought that and understood that. And I was just like, that is, and, and combined with him having head trauma as well, probably exacerbating, you know what I mean? Like the normal yeah. emotions of grief, man. You know, it was it was it was beautiful to know that they had a great friendship like that, and they could you know really influence right. each other's lives to the good. And it was 
tragic to you, you know what what disgusted me yeah. though man like when that kid said like all the the only wwe stars that ever like fuck with him afterwards was chavo and jericho that says a lot about the business dude like especially those i don't know for me that's just fucked up you know like that's uh no someone, i agree because literally he did i i always he did. you know i mean he he was one of the best performers he never called off. He was one of the hardest working. I mean, yeah, not, you know, the way he ended, it's fucked up. But, uh, you know, I, I can, you can't really have sympathy for someone that does some shit like that. Obviously, I'm not defending that. But, um, yeah, to like, it's, it's almost like, because like, it's hard not to defend it, <laughs> not to try to defend it right now. <laughs> it, it, well, I'm not, not defending, I'm, I'm not defending the act, but it's like when you completely turn on like their family just because you don't want to have your name tarnished that's really that's really fucked up you know because that's really what they're doing that they, you know uh i don't want to be, that be this so like wwe is so mega pc though like that it 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 would never work over there like yeah. he would like his son would literally have to like go either out of the country or AEW maybe maybe I don't know if they would even gamble, but maybe they will. But like Shit, I but I doubt out. it. He's gonna have to change his last name. Or something. TNA's I was about to say he better put a mask on or something and do something. I don't know. What what was his name? White Tiger? Oh no no no. What was his what was his name before? Pegasus Kid. Pegasus Kid. <laughs> Call him himself. I mean, but you know, that is really sad that like the shadow of yeah. what his father did will always overshadow his, his own to be a, a, a well, wrestler at, like look his at all dad. these other you guys know, that are like second generation, right? Like, or, or people who are sons of everybody or anything like that. Like most of them are like pushed or not pushed like based on their like parents legacies right so for example charlotte flair all these other folks right you know like the rock and all these other folks who are you know sons and so it like that that family name has always been important in wrestling so yeah that ben, yeah that benoit name is is yeah. i mean <laughs> it is. They, i mean they, they could they could pull a curtis axel and just not use his name. I did that with Kurt Henning's son, hey, Joe Henning. Just like Benoit, man. <laughs> yeah. Goldust, that'd be a good idea. Like Goldust, you know? Oh, no, nah, he look, boy, you better do something to cover his face because he looked dead on his father. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Nah. But like Goldust, they put some, really like, goes. I had no idea. He looks like Benoit come back for revenge. That'd be shady. Yeah. I, I heard, like, an interview with David Benoit where he had talked about how, like, you know, he wanted to get into wrestling, and he wasn't ashamed of his dad and proud of his dad. And, you know, he wanted to wrestle as Dave Chris Benoit or Chris Benoit Jr., and he wanted to have tights just like his dad. And I'm here like, go, you you may want to come up with a plan B, yeah. dog. I'm just saying. What? Started, yeah. You know, I, I actually watched I mean, but you know what? There, there's, there's nothing wrong with a boy wanting to emulate the, he was good, the good things that he remembers about his father. Which, yeah, that's that's. Yeah. I watched the documentary but I, yeah. on. Uh, it's called Sins of My Father. You might want to check it out if you're interested. But it's mm. it's about. Uh, no, it's oh the Nazi uh, one. Pablo yeah. Escobar's son. Um, 
he talked about oh okay. basically the whole documentary is about immediately after his daughter, father died you know he, he tried to get help from governments all over the world you know to 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 and everybody denied him help including the <laughs> including the vatican you know <laughs> so he had to change his name and like he went and did all these speeches and he met up with the people the sons of the of the people his his uh, father had murdered and it was just weird you know it just i mean when your father does something like that you're kind of fucked but he did share some like beautiful stories about how his father was such a great dad but you know but over here to the rest of the world he's a killer and it's 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 kind of it's for me watching that documentary was kind of weird hearing this kid talk about his dad doing what he did you know mm-hmm. like if you were there dog you might have gotten it you know <laughs> that's that's the crazy thing about it he, he could have probably been he probably would have gotten that smoke too you know yeah it is what it is it is what it is i like the the end where it shows some healing and yeah. some reconnection of the family. See, like, that's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is like You hear all these stories about just how fucking nice Jericho is, don't make money to all these wrestlers who you know come into you know hardships or whatever. He fucking donated a bunch of money to Rico when, when Rico was in trouble a while back. And he's fucking reconnecting people here. He fucking reconnected David Benoit with, with Nancy's wow. sister. It's like Holy shit, Jericho was a fucking yeah, saint. Be doing everything, a little bit of everything. Yeah, like we don't deserve it. God bless Jericho. <laughs> he truly is a goat. Yeah, I've heard amazing things. Like he gave somebody uh, free tickets to come see the show because they bumped into each other or something. It was like. I can't. It was a. I can't remember if it was a comedian or or somebody. And Jericho was like, "Oh, you, you, you want tickets to the show? Here you go." And he gave the guy like front row seats, and he was able to t- take his like right. nieces and nephews or something. It was like a one-off story I heard. And he's Which, a real stand-up. Industry, yeah. I mean, you know, he's like a real stand. Like I, who? How many? That's another thing. They, they really didn't have a whole lot of wrestlers comment. I mean, I'm sure. Anybody that's even affiliated with WWE would never fucking. I mean, what other than Jim Ross, was it Chavo and Jericho? There's, there wasn't any other wrestlers talking about that, were, were they? But yeah. you, but you, I'd like to throw this out there: all the all the talent that they have had talking about the Crispin Wall situation, yeah. they're all former WWE guys. Like I think Dean Malenko is like the a road manager oh, easy? Or okay. for AEW now. Ross is also commentating for AEW. And then, like, I'm not sure where Chavo is, but the last time I saw Chavo it was on that, um, right. the Lucha That's Underground I mean. wrestling show. WWE commenting. Um, the only thing and I've seen. Yeah, the, I don't think anybody from WWE is going to be. They're all former guys. guys. Nobody from that's active would ever comment on it anymore, right? Because the only time I've seen, I think some of the newer guys were doing a panel. Uh, with Seth Rollins, where somebody you guys saw that, where someone threw in like, uh, uh, is 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 he going to be erased from history or something like that? Yeah, I remember that. That was I think that was a few years after the Benoit okay. thing happened. Yeah, it's I mean you know it's yeah. it's, it's it's a weird thing to kind yeah. of yeah. I mean for someone someone you that could so, be in your Hall of Fame and you like, don't talk about them 
anymore. It, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's thankfully, like the WWE have not haven't like censored him out of footage. Like you can still go on the network and watch Chris Benoit matches. No, so the matches are unedited, but like if you like, you know, they have like the chapter marker for each like right. pay per view or whatever. It'll say things like Chris Jericho challenges for the Intercontinental uh, title instead of Jericho, instead of Jericho versus Benoit. <laughs> so they won't put his name there, but uh, you can still watch the shows and watch them in their entirety. They felt like they uh, edited him out. So at least I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I, I no, I, and I get it. I'm also, you know, if 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 Nancy was my family, I probably would want that motherfucker not even talked about anymore. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's it's it, yeah. so. I mean, I, I, what's what's the second episode of that? Was it the New Jack? New Jack, right? So the, the my yeah, favorite. Say the next one is probably. Episode New Jack, New Jack. my favorite dogs. episode of the whole damn thing. Dogs, I. I mean, we're gonna get to my favorite episode, but New Jack yeah, was my second. Favorite. I enjoy the shit out of New Jack. Yeah, I think New Jack now. was my my second my second favorite as well as up there. So, so, so check this out. I was listening to Talk Is Jericho, and he had like the producers of oh, Dark yeah. Side of the Ring on there, and they're talking about the season. I think it was like right after the Ben Wattis came out. And they had said when they wa- when they wanted to get New Jack, like they got his number, I think from like Tommy Dreamer or Sandman or somebody. I think it was Sandman. They got his number, and so they called him up, and they were just like, "Um, is this is this New Jack? Yeah. Uh, this is so and so from Dark Side of the Ring. You know who we are? Yeah. Uh, we'd like to do an episode on you. Are are you interested? Yeah. All right. Cool. We'll just. We'll come through then. All right, <laughs> click. And that was it. It was like three yes and they got him on the show. So when they showed up to the interview, all they had all they had heard from him was three yes when they showed oh, up to wow. do the That's interview. Crazy. You know, I, I love him in uh in uh another great documentary, uh Beyond the Mat. Because yeah. everything you hear about him is like fucking nuts and everything he does on the ring, he's fucking scary. And then you see him on that and I picture like that's some guy I can go drinking with, like we fuck around and like, you know, <laughs> Man, hello, normal in that, and he's not. I mean, he's still scary, but you know, it's yeah. I mean, I I love New Jack so much. I mean, he's one of the best promos in the business. He doesn't get enough credit for his promos. His stuff in Smoky Mountain, where he had fucking the entire style ready to every show. Talking about shout out to OJ Simpson. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. <laughs> one, one less to deal with, or whatever he said. Yeah, New Jack. New Jack is the most entertaining psychopath on the planet. Um, I mean, this he's he's one of the few wrestlers I know who's actually tried to kill their opponent in the ring. Everybody's sitting there thinking, like, oh yeah, it's part of the show. New Jack's like, no, I was kind of hoping that dude would die. Like. I mean, so here's what here's what, what you hear these fucking stories about New Jack, like you know he had a match with a dude and he had like a Wolverine claw and one of the claws broke off, so he kept it in his pocket and the dude made him mad in the match, so he stabbed him nine times. He's yeah. Like what the fuck, and he's like they tried to say I stabbed him sixteen, I didn't. <laughs> it was nine. I counted. Hey, you know to keep it real though. <laughs> Um, New Jack, I just slashed him with New, razor in the New, forehead. Come on. So New Jack shared a story that actually happened to my grandfather. 
Um, and I thought that was very interesting. Well, uh, my grandfather today was telling me that, you know, he was back when he was looking for, he and my grandmother were searching for a house like back in the 60s. Um, they had gone out to some little area out in the sticks in California, like going towards Sacramento before all the cities and towns were built up in between. There was a lot of like open fields and such back then. Right. And they were looking at some larger house and some little boy that lived next door randomly walked over to my grandfather and then like touched his arm and then looked at his finger. And then looked up at my grandfather, and he was like, why doesn't it come off? And then my grandfather's response was, it doesn't come off. It's it's not on top of the skin. It's under the skin. Because the little boy had never seen an African-American before. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa tells that story. He actually told me the story today. And I was like, that's funny. Because I'm reviewing this series that features this crazy wrestler named New Jack. And the same thing happened to New Jack, except New Jack yeah. called the little boy a little shit. Told him to get off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If I, someone would have came up to me and said something like that, even if he was a kid, not, not that I would be mad, but, you know, I would probably just kneel down and like, baga, baga, you know, like some shit. <laughs> Like I'm your first brown person you've ever seen. I'm gonna scare the shit out of you. So you, so you know what got me? Like they they covered all the major uh, New Jack attempted yeah. murders. You know they covered the mass transit incident. They covered the Gypsy Joe fight. They covered the the Vic Grimes fall. <laughs> they covered him stabbing the dude. So they fall. they got all Air the attempted murders. Covered. Fall. They covered all. <laughs> No, I just, I just, I I couldn't believe, it's kind of hilarious, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe when they were showing the footage of, like, New Jack stabbing that dude, (laughs) like, fucking Jim Cornette and Emo Brownies, people are just laughing, (laughs) he's stabbing him, oh, he he must have pissed off Jack Bad, look at Jack just stabbing him, and it's so normal, look at Jack, (laughs) that's just what Jack do. That big goof. I mean, Cornette's kind of crazy too, though. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not surprising to me at all that that man would laugh at someone else getting stabbed in the ring. That shit was crazy. <laughs> no, nah, New Jack, man, that that man right there is a pure psychopath, but it, he's so entertaining. Like the whole episode. <laughs> that's why I said from start to finish, that has to be my favorite one. Because there wasn't a moment in that episode where I wasn't laughing or like tripping out or like shocked about something. But what when when you you know the no for real and you know the mark of a really good episode to me is when you actually when something actually makes me go back and watch the promos that yeah yes I went back and went to back. I was oh man I went straight to the Smoky Mountain promos man I was straight up there I was like oh this dude was on fire like if nobody has watched those promos I highly recommend you go watch those new Jack or something else that man is a genius on the microphone like like I feel like if somebody were to do that today it would either be really good or really bad, but it would be one or the other. I'm not going to ask. 
I was telling Joaquin when you were like cutting your Facebook promos, like I was telling Joaquin, like, you know, if, if, if ever want to be a real heel, he needs to be doing jack. it too. Just be up in his promos, like, ask Nipsey Hustle. What yeah, happened I'm when thinking you about doing it too. Once I seen his Smoky Mountain show, I was like, hey, you know what? Some of this could actually work on me. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now I think the two two of the, of the more crazy New Jack stories they didn't bring up in the documentary, one? and that's one in Smoky Mountain. In Smoky Mountain, he had a match with the Undertaker. <laughs> they did a match. I, I don't remember if it was a tag match. I think it was a tag match, but it was like New Jack and the Gangsters versus the Undertaker, and maybe the Undertaker had a partner or not. The match was never broadcast. It was just for like a local event. And I think that's the condition that Cornette could use Undertaker was that it's not it's not aired on TV. But there's all these promos of like New Jack and D'Lo Brown and like cemeteries and graveyards calling out the Undertaker and shit. All that shit. So like if you can find those New Jack Undertaker things, those are those are gold. <laughs> but the other thing is I think it's in like oh three, oh four, he actually had you a WWE joking. tryout match. Dang. It, I, I, he told the story in a in a shoot interview. So what happened was, you know, he is he got called in for it's like a SmackDown or something. He got called in for like a tryout match, like a dark match. And backstage, I think it was I forget who he said it was, if it was Tommy Dreamer or somebody was smarting him up and somebody was just like, All right, look, when when Vince walks by, if Vince walks by, don't look at him, keep your head on the ground, don't speak oh, unless spoken that. to. And even then it's yes, sir, no, sir. And then New Jack was saying he was just like what that? So he's in the back, he's doing his thing, and then Vince McMahon comes walking by, and New Jack says he stopped Vince McMahon and shook Vince's hand and said, Sir, New Jack, pleasure to meet you. Uh, I want to thank you for this opportunity, and I uh, hope I give you what you like. You know, very cordial, very polite. But apparently, according to New Jack, Vince McMahon looked him up and down like, <laughs> and then kept walking. And then New Jack says, you know, a little while later, he was in the back, and somebody had, like, his name had gotten erased off of the match lineup and they wrote somebody else's name in there. And then I think it was Johnny Ace or somebody like gave him his check. Like, well, here's your pay for the night. Thanks for coming through. Appreciate it. You can stay and watch the show if you want. And Jack was like, what's this shit? So he just like left and went to a bar. Wow. That's yeah. Just because he stopped Vince McMahon. Yeah. Just because like he's, he had the audacity to speak oh, to Vince really McMahon and introduce himself. The <laughs> yeah, Vince is a very, he's a very interesting I, guy. I saw him like, in person when I was working at T Center, and he looks like fucking Lurch from Adam's family. He's so fucking tall and awkward looking, and uh, he's walked by himself and just looked at everyone like like a fucking like a like a villain from a fucking movie, dude. Like just this tall. Old as fuck, man. That's just like weird ass muscles. And he walked and he looked at everyone, but he had like no soul. He's like, just walking. And he's like, look, this is my investment. Like, you know? I mean, for all intents and purposes, Vince is a very real life supervillain. Like, yes. yeah. Haven't you been paying so, attention? Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, it's like, it's like a, you know what he looked like? Uh, for real, for real? I imagine this is what I imagine a fucking uh, a guy who owns a slaughterhouse walking around with all the cows like mm. <laughs> oh no better yet better yet Vince has billions of, 
Benz has billions of dollars. I'm sure a private helicopter and a bunch of muscle-bound henchmen. That dude's a Bond villain, specifically. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so let me. So so okay. let, so Evan, let me ask you this though, as, as as from someone from your point of view, as wrestler's point of view, what's your take on the Vic Grimes incident? The one in XPW where he threw him oh, off. Oh man, and that tried shit to kill was Vic insane. First, add, hold uh, on, real quick, just to add to, to Phil's question, would you be? Would you agree to some shit like that? Sorry, no. I just wanted. First of all, no. Second of all, like that shit is insane. You just gotta be, you gotta be crazy as hell to even agree to do the shit in the first place, right? But then. Damn, he and, and he broke what his damn back is lit. Well, well, actually, you know, he just he just like broke an ankle, okay. like he got gotcha. off lucky. But here's, here's 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 what I'm gonna say on this. I'm not saying I'm not gonna justify what New Jack oh, did, but I understand. Because when you go back to ECW, there's that whole spot where they're on the balcony and New Jack's fucking dive with, with mm. Vic Grimes through some tables. And Vic Grimes apparently got scared. I was like, Jack, I can't. I'm scared. It's too far. I ain't doing it. Vic, we fine. We're going to Joe on three. The cameras are rolling, okay? One, two. Jack, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. We're going on three. Two. Jack, I can't do it. I can't do it. You coming, big boy. Three. And then New Jack hits the ground first and Vic Grimes lands on top of him and Big yeah. Grimes is a big fucking dude. Imagine 375, 400 pounds going full force, slapping you in the back of the head and mm. slamming your head to the concrete mm. and splitting your head open. You got brain yeah. fluid coming out your ears yeah. and your nose and shit. You're blind in one eye. And then the motherfucker don't apologize. He don't visit you in a hospital. <laughs> nothing. And then the promoter's like, would you like to have a scaffold match with him? I can see why Jack would try to throw <laughs> that man past the ring. I threw his ass out there too, dog. You know, I cannot reconcile that the same dude mm. that nearly beat Gypsy Joe half to death is also the same dude that had those brilliantly funny skits with Shark Boy and TNA. <laughs> yeah, because he was in a comedy tag team in TNA with fucking Shark Boy. I think I shared one of those promos where Shark Boy is playing in like a kiddie pool, and New Jack's like, "I'm not gonna play with you. We got a match to win." The last time, black people, he's like, "Black people don't like water." Last time we were on a boat, the trip wasn't no fun. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, "Last time we were in the water was on a boat, and the trip wasn't no fun." That's yeah, that was and then he ended episode. up getting lulled into hopping into the into the giant pool and shark boy had that like like yeah. that yellow rubber duck shaped uh inner tube around it, it was yeah. great so there was, there was a new jack documentary in like oh three oh four called mm. like new jack hardcore it was done by the same people who did 101 reasons not to be a pro wrestler and new jack talked about the vic grimes thing in there and he said when he was up on that scaffolding like you know, he threw Vic Grimes or he shoved Vic Grimes. Vic Grimes is a big dude. I don't know how much throwing New Jack was doing, but he shoved him really, really hard. And he watched him clip the edge of the table and hit the rope and bounce back in the ring. And all he could think was, damn, hit a tape. It felt like New Jack to me. One year thing. Was the was the worst thing that New Jack had done in this, in this 
episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Like of all the stuff they talk probably about, the I mean, best transit one. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna say the stabbing the dude in the ring. That was crazy but, too. Damn. Yeah, the Jitsu Joe, Joe thing. He beat the fuck out of that poor man. But from what I hear, Gypsy Joe was an asshole, so he maybe had that coming. Well, the problem was is that no one told New Jack that Gypsy Joe's whole shtick gimmick was that he didn't he didn't feel any pain. So I feel like even if somebody told that, New Jack would be like, <laughs> so let me get this straight. This Santa Claus looking motherfucker is no gonna no sell me. That'll work. I for mean, me, New Jack was still a professional, though, to a degree, and had like a booker told him that's how it went. New Jack could have always said nine doing the match. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he beat the fuck out of Joe. You can hear him when he swings the baseball bat. You can hear the back clang on the dude's head. Yeah, New Jack wasn't nobody to play with. He was no joke. No <laughs> joke. And then, he, and then I was, oh, Mustafa crazy ass when I see. It was like this dude, what he snort pencil shavings. I was just about to say that's crazy, motherfucker. <laughs> and then so they asked. Uh, I remember the narrators asked the uh, the superstars, "Hey, did he, is it true?" I think they asked the D'Lo, "Is it true he smoked pencil shavings?" He said, "No comment or some shit like that." But then you look, then you look, <laughs> then you look at his face. They like did a cut to Mustafa's face when he was posing after. Boy, look, yeah, he smoked that shit. <laughs> he most definitely do. <laughs> crazy that was like that was to me that was like the most wild episode of the season it was it was really good i really enjoyed the new jack i don't know how wild because my favorite episode is pretty wild but we're gonna get to that so the Mm. next episode was the brawl for all (laughs) right which you know i think it was like five years ago four years ago i when i got the wwe network Mm. i was doing my attitude era rewatch where I started with the Raw after WrestleMania 14 and just saw how far I could get. And I remember watching all that Brawl for All shit and just going, this is trash. Oh, my God. And the whole thing is just because Vince Russo thought JBL was a bully and really wanted to see him get knocked yeah, out. Yeah, this guy. Brawl for All, one of the most controversial <laughs> Sometimes boring, sometimes entertaining concepts WWE that never had. This, like to me, this is the one episode that mm, it kept my interest. Mm-hmm. But it's a, how much stuff didn't we already know about this? You know what I mean through the through little documentaries and stuff. But it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, Jim Cornette. And Vince Russo are like Captain America and the Red Skull. They are going to be at each other's throats forever. Cut out for a little. It it it. it dro- Sorry, we're talking oh, about the brawl for all with that, Russo yeah, and Cornette. Connection. I I just wanted to say something else. I I I figured you guys would hear me. Sorry to go back to New Jack, but I heard I heard uh, New Jack on a on a podcast. I think he was speaking a. I think he was speaking a honky tonk man. Mm. I don't know if you guys have heard that, where he gives his take on the whole Benoit thing, mm. and he basically breaks it down where Nancy was his friend, and that he he basically there's no excuse for what a you know piece of shit he was. He he had no sympathy for him at all, even mm. though he was a great superstar. <laughs> he said like you know obviously 
he killed his family. That's, you know, unforgivable. And then on top of that, the way he committed suicide to where he didn't have any pain, where he put it like a... a yeah, well, I, yeah I, I know that there, interview. I heard that one. What he had said is like one the thing that made him lose respect for Chris Benoit was that Benoit hung himself with the weight machine. Mm-hmm. Like he wrapped a towel around his neck. So that way, if it didn't work, the cord wouldn't leave a scar. And that's what made New Jack lose all respect for him. Like, fuck this guy. If you're going to kill your family, at least be a man about it. <laughs> at least be a man about that shit. Uh. I'm sorry. You know, that guy would be a great, like, fucking gladiator back in the day. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> like, bring back to- so like uh uh so I, I don't really collect wrestling action figures. I got some, but not a lot. Just for the hell of it, I was on eBay mm. trying to track down some old new jack figures. They are hella expensive now ever since the Dark Side of the Ring episode aired. So that's a that's a uh, a value increaser. Mm-hmm. A new Jack talk, talk about he had a phone call with his mom, and his mom's like, you, you need to stop being so violent. You're going to go to jail. You're a murderer. All this. And New Jack's like, shut the fuck up, Mom. I got an action figure and Toys R Us. I don't need to hear from you. Did, did I love how he, he was uh, so he, like, he, he called his mother mom. Wasn't he also, in, didn't he murder somebody? Like a justifiable murder? Yeah. He's got a couple. Wow. Yeah, he mentions that in the dog. It's a few people he killed, yeah. supposedly. <laughs> it's crazy. He's lived a hell of a life. So, so I, and I know you guys were talking about the brawl for all. So, uh-huh. so we're talking about the brawl for all, the, the, the end of Steve Williams' career. <laughs> so long, Dr. Death. Man, it was he nice was supposed to win that thing, man. Yeah, and, and Mark Gunn got fucking pissed off that everybody was like, oh, Dr. Death is going to win. Dr. Death is going to win. They're putting Dr. Death in the ring with a blind guy, <laughs> a guy with one leg. You know, like, all, this, all this shit just stacking the tournament. Yeah. Mark Gunn's like, I'm going to knock this motherfucker out. That guy never, never, that was like his only okay. brush with fame, right? Like, yeah. He never had any other kind of success. Yeah, well, you talking about Dr. Death or Bargain? So he was he was big in Japan. Well, he had a big, I think, all Japan guy, career. Um, yeah, Bargun. Oh, Bargun. Yeah, I mean, they Bargun. I mean, he was he was Billy yeah, Gunn's partner when they were the Smoking Guns, and then Billy, and then and then he was Bob Holly's partner when they were the Damn, new Midnight Express. That. Um, and that dude is like yeah. bombastic Bart and bodacious yep. Bob or some shit like that. And then Jim Cornette was their manager, and they were the NWA tag team champions. And they tried to do like a mini NWA invasion of WWE. And Dan Severn was NWA champion. I remember all that shit. I remember I was there. And then they did the brawl for all, and he won. And the office was mad that he won, so they didn't do anything with him. And he wasn't seen again until WrestleMania when he got Damn. knocked the fuck out by Butterbean. <sighs> Which, I mean, people point to Zack Ryder as like, oh, 
WWE doesn't want you to get over. They'll punish you if you get yourself over. They've been doing yeah. that shit since 1999. Yeah. You can't have that. Bring in Butterbean. But I could I could watch Cornette and Russo battle till the end of time. Those yeah. two hate each other with such a Yeah, passion. that's the truth. And then you know when people, especially in this in this industry, when people have uh, good creative minds, or in Russo's case, a uh, mind, um, like um, <laughs> it, it's cool to see people's differing uh, opinions and, and watch them go kind of go at it and kind of go at each other all these years later. It's kind of cool to see that. You know, Russo would have been good. Working like you know yeah. those, those magazines with all the scandals <laughs> that you see at the grocery store, like the National Enquirer or something like that. Yeah, People magazine oh. with all this bullshit, like yeah, stir up or TMZ type shit. That's a, that that's a Russo style. That's Russo exactly. Style. Jim Cornette seems like a very passionate, like he could he, he he could be a good comic book writer. You know. Yeah, he's he's uh, hella old school. Yes. Cornette would be a good comic villain if you ask me. I fan it's just really I, that guy just seems like. But you know what's interesting with Russo? So here's what's interesting with Russo. He had like two and a half really good mm-hmm. successful years in the late '90s, and that's it. That's the only success he's had because he went to WCW. And say what you will, but I think we can okay. all agree his time there was not successful. And and say well, but there were times where the fans would chant things like "Fire Russo," so clearly it didn't work out there. And I think I remember the last thing he did in wrestling was he was he was linked up with some independent promotion. I don't remember Mm -hmm. which one it was. It was one I wasn't too familiar with, and he was like writing like their their television show that they had just gotten signed, and apparently. They taped their first episode, and the network rejected it, and what? that was it for Russo with that company. So, and then I haven't heard him doing anything in the wrestling business since. I think he started his website and his podcast after that, where he'll watch Raw yeah. and tell them how they could make you know, their product crazy, better. Which is funny. Hearing those two um, talk about their take in the whole, well, I don't know if you want to talk about it just yet, but the... the um, the, the the Montreal screw job was that was that that was season two right yeah okay, never mind no, no that was season one that was season one so we can talk about it. It, no again? well so he's, see the thing with Montreal is there's this there's this phrase I I, I just heard it recently but it's basically um, success mm. has many fathers but failure is an orphan where when something doesn't work, nobody takes credit for it. It's nobody's fault. Nobody knows who, who's responsible for it when something's a disaster. But when something works, everybody wants to know, oh, that was my idea. I came up with that. I have heard so many people claim to come up with the Montreal Screwjob. Triple H says he came up with it. Cornette says he came up with it. Okay, Russo man. says he came there's up a, with it. There's a rumor that Brett was in on it. <laughs> That's that. No, no. That, that came in. That. I don't buy that. I feel I like uh, many times because of the documentary that happened. The I was about to say, show. I feel like wrestling with shadows kind of offsets that. Like just when you see it, 
you kind of know that wasn't no fake shit going on. You know what I mean? Sean, Sean went Sean went out yeah. like a real life punk. I mean, you can see this man's black eye the next night. You can yeah. see Vince's black Sean eye the next night on Raw. Suckers. I swear it wasn't me. I yeah, didn't know anything did. about it. There's always a payoff. I can see, like, yeah. if, if Triple H did do it, like, you know, his payoff Please is do. now in his position that he's at. Like, he's he's got that evil villain in him, <laughs> you know? You do this for me, I'll make you a made man. Exactly. Like, you do this for me. Now you're one of the boys, you know? Like, you got the ring and the fucking Illuminati license plates. You don't get arrested. <laughs> okay. So, uh. so after the bra for all, oh, this they talked about Jimmy Snooker. It was interesting. That guy was fucking scary, man. Yes. Hey, Jimmy. Said, I remember the, they was talking about how his uh, his wife's sister was trying to say, hey, Jimmy, how you doing? It was all at the dinner table, and he just looked at He's like, I could just choke your ass right, <laughs> right here, right now. I was like, damn, this dude was crazy. <laughs> so you knew he was like on the edge. You know what I mean? Do you think do you think that uh, like cuz I know they talk yeah. about drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know I know do you think that could have also like some of these guys that had these crazy incidents before Benoit? Think I, think possible. Also, I think it's possible. Yeah. I think it's possible, but yeah. they got to they got to most definitely be able to kind of check out people's brain patterns and they toxicologies and all that shit in the in them times because I wish I really wish we had that kind of technology back then to where we could answer hella questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I think that with uh yeah. wrestling the way it was and the just the schedule and all that, it's it's definitely a possibility some of these guys had some uh brain damage. So, uh, do you yeah, think he did it? Though. Yeah, I don't know what's causing that. Okay, but, that was just me. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what's causing that, but. Well, I mean, throw the man's story changed a bunch of times. But I mean, throw the man's story changed a bunch of times. I I one hundred percent believe that, and unlike. You know the the Crispin Wah issue. I have mm. no sympathy for Jimmy Snoop, Superfly Snooker at all because, you know, he it, he was clearly in his right state of mind when he did what he did. This is um, you know, like there's no excuse for his behavior at all. Yeah, he and did the that. only reason he got off for his crime was because he was suffering from dementia. You know, at the time of the trial. And it's like you can't punish someone who doesn't know what's going on anymore. Yeah. One thing is, I feel like the producers set up the talking you know, because, you know, when they have his interview, you know, they're talking about Jimmy Snooker and they're talking about the night that the, the murder or whatever happened, you know, and they, they trick Tonga Kid into admitting that he was in the car. And disproving the Snooker story that he told the cops, where he said it was just him and his girlfriend. And you can see when when they tell Tonga Kid, like, "Well, that's not what Jimmy said." Jimmy said this. <laughs> like his whole expression changes. He just like he's just like, "No, Jimmy, Jimmy never told me that." 
They set him up. You can just tell, like, oh, they set this man up. They set You never know. Didn't didn't Vince McMahon, like, bail him out? Yep. Uh, I heard that. I heard that in an interview with with the New Jack because he was talking about how evil Vince McMahon is. Yo, Vince, I didn't see it in the dark side of the ring. Vince has done some shady ass shit. (laughs) Like, he just shows up. <laughs> he, just, he just shows up with that briefcase. Imagine imagine that everything goes away. <laughs> like, Man. <laughs> Vince was like Thanos back in the day. All he just connected to all the bad shit. Everything. <laughs> he was like the final villain. Yeah. <laughs> Manipulated everything boss. from the shadows. <laughs> I got a question for you guys as wrestling experts, which you know, for me, you're the wrestling experts. Out, who was the who was like the boss in the storyline first? Was it him or or Bischoff? Actually, Bischoff. Really? actually Bischoff. Bischoff became an on-screen character before Vince was. I don't know. Like, was that? Uh, I mean, him biting. Was it? I mean, Bischoff wasn't the first though. There's one person who is an on screen. There's one owner who is an on screen character, but we're gonna get to him later. Because after Snooker, what was after Snooker? Was it Dino Bravo? Dino Bravo, that was a good one. That's the guy that was killed by the cartels, right? <laughs> the mafia. Yeah. Yeah, he's selling illegal cigarettes and had his cigarette selling cartel. Cigarette selling cartel. Backfired on. That's a. Um, I had never heard of that guy at all, but um, uh, it was it was good to see. See, I just I just knew him from his WWE run, so I wasn't really familiar with him as like this big star running his own territory. I just knew him as like you know another mid carter on the roster. I didn't know about him until I watched because I wanted to watch all. But of I feel I feel like this. But mm-hmm. when I saw that one of his buddies. Was Jake the Snake? Yeah. I instantly knew this guy party hard. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, I think the Dino Bravo episode might have been the worst. See, for me, I think the Dino Bravo episode might have been the worst. The like the weakest episode really? of the season. Even though they had closure a, from that like secret fucking but murderer guy. Nah, I still. I feel like that it didn't. I feel like it didn't really stick all the way. It didn't stick the ending all the way. Like. You know, like most of the shows, most of the uh, episodes, they kind of flowed. Everything they kept uh, trickling good information in there. I feel like this one kind of drug a little bit. Yeah, and it and it ends kind of like that movie Hollywoodland, where it's like, and eh, we still don't know who actually did it. Oh well. Yeah. Where they go looking for Bigfoot this time, we're gonna get him. Yeah, and, you know, they just go to the forest. <laughs> they just go. They just go camping. I, I want to talk about David Schultz because that whole clip of him slapping the, the reporter has been like internet famous since before YouTube was even a thing. I remember seeing that shit on like Newgrounds in like two thousand one. Doctor D, that was a good ass episode too. Yeah, like he is a great promo. Like I, he did this promo with Mean Gene, and I think the AWA that I need to send you guys if you haven't seen it because it's awesome. Like he's talking about 
you know, he, he's, he's talking about uh, Hulk Hogan and whatnot. He's challenging Hulk Hogan, and he's talking about how, you know, he went to San Francisco, and he was looking for a woman, and he couldn't find no woman. He found a lot of men that looked like women, and he was saying, that's where you belong, Hulk Hogan. You belong in San Francisco, and Mean Gene just cracks. Like, you have to, like, turn away from the camera because he cannot <laughs> stop from court scene. And it's it's was a fantastic promo. This is this is a good episode. I liked I liked his story more so than anything, and I liked watching his kind of his character and, and seeing. I didn't even realize that he spent some real good time over there at uh, in WWE like that. You know what I mean? To where him and Vince had some history. Yeah. So. There's a rumor. There's a rumor that he was originally supposed to be in that WrestleMania right. one main event with Roddy Piper, and that this whole reporter incident happened, and they ended up That's replacing great. him with uh, Paul Orndorff. But because the thing is, he took it so seriously, and he was so good at just being that old school badass heel. You know what I mean? Like that whole segment where he's got like the wife and the kids, I was cracking up that whole and he's time. just I know being a dick terrible. to his family. Like, man, this is great heel shit. Yeah, and he, I feel he gets a bad rap because, like, Vince McMahon. I mean, Vince didn't tell him slap the shit out of that reporter, but Vince told him, you know, <laughs> rough up that reporter a little. Verbally, evidently Vince meant verbally. Yeah, you should probably specify that the shit. Crap next out time. of that guy. That was crazy. And then he it was funny did. because then he afterwards did. they showed the one where Hogan slipped the sleeper on the other guy. I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, fucking people up. Fucking people up over the, K Fade, man. He hit facts. It was a big deal back in the day. You know, that's, that's how you made your money. Man. You know, if people didn't think it was real, you weren't selling tickets. I'm telling tickets. you, bro. That's why I say I like watching some of the older older heels do what they do because it was back in the day where you had to have people really hate your ass. You know what I mean? And so they would just be saying wherever. That's why I really like some of these yeah. guys. Is, uh, just that aspect of Dark Side of the Ring I like watching. You know what I mean? And it's not, it's not biased. You know, that's yeah. what I like about it. Killing, like, like watching something like this, <clears throat> I can't imagine. I can't imagine some of this stuff on there. If WWE, even if they did stuff uh, not about Chris this. Benoit, yeah, nah, they wouldn't be able to share some of these. You know, yeah, WWE is very, very biased yeah. and one-sided right. with their stuff because they have a corporate it's image a to uphold. I get it. They have shareholders, so I get it. Watching these episodes, like sometimes I'll just be in my car, like cutting promos to fucking nobody. Yeah. I'll be in here just like, you know what the difference is between you and me? When I was a kid, my daddy wanted to be David Schultz, <laughs> and your daddy wanted to be Eddie Man. It's just like that, it was just a different level of creativity back then, I feel like. And, and if you're a wrestler, Especially anybody trying to be a heel, you got to go. I feel like honestly, you got to go back. You got you got to kind of study what came before, especially now because it's so cookie cutter. You know, it's so easy to just throw on some tights and be a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, not you don't necessarily have to have personality, 
Um, but and man, you could take the personality guys. anywhere back then. Like now, it's like hella fucking, like you said, hella corporate. You know, yeah, like and, you could and, literally be Macho Man in, in like three different uh, promotions in one week. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's like guys like David Schultz. Um, they just had natural heat to where people hated that. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't take much for him to do it. That's why I like those type of guys. Bruiser Brody. And, and the thing with Schultz. Yeah. The thing with Schultz is he was a legitimate badass. I mean, oh, he became a really? bounty hunter after his wrestling career was over. Crazy shit. Crazy shit. Yeah. He's a bounty hunter. You know, and I know I know nobody's gonna be surprised to hear Jim Cornette hate somebody, but hearing Jim Cornette go off on Eddie Mansfield. Oh what, my what, god, feel, man. What, what fill me in on that one? Because I'm not well, Eddie Mansfield is that wrestler that like yeah. revealed the business and went and did that like dateline report where he showed like here's how you do this, I think, here's how you do can that. I say here's how on this that. Is done. Can I say something on that? They did like I can't stand that shit. Yeah. I hate when people do stuff yeah. like that. I feel like certain things is pretty like, okay, whatever. Show them standard little shit. Maybe take a bump. Like how we did a revolution, right? Stuff like that when we were uh, recording. But when yeah. you start to really show people the intricacies of what the fuck it is that you're doing after all the time that you probably trained to get it right after, you know, your classmates and everybody else who, uh, you know, is in the locker room, they've all trained hard to perfect this and protect the, the art. And you just go out there and just expose it. I hate that. I think that's, yeah. that's one of those things. I just, I hate that. And then the thing is they give people a negative, uh, a false connotation that basically <laughs> if you go wrestle, it's either really real or it's really fake. And it's kind of in the middle. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah, when, when you do like those exposés where you're like, oh, look, it's no big deal. They're not really getting hurt. Look, they're not really punching each other. Oh, the pa the corner's padded. It's so easy. Like you're, you're kind of you, – you're devaluing yeah. what's going on in there and you're making it seem like it's, oh, it's so easy. Exactly. But then you have guys like Draws who are exactly. paralyzed from the neck down because of just a simple spot gone wrong. Yep. You know, Brooke Bagwell broke his neck on a bulldog once. You know, yep. Maven snapped his leg in half doing a baseball slide. You know, Triple H tore his quad off the bone, just planting Jericho yeah, from behind yeah, when he yeah, had him in, in Walt Jericho. Like, by making it seem look how easy it is. Like, you, you're delegitimizing, like, the risk that's yeah, involved. That's why you're, I say you're kind of devaluing like the risk that's involved. I feel like, are what's pro like, what's wrong with the business. You feel what I'm saying? Most definitely. Yeah. Trying to get where where Eddie Mansfield was coming from, where he was just like, uh, I wasn't getting booked. People stopped booking me. Motors started jipping me on my pay. You know, wrestlers. You know, he, he had that line where he was like, Abraham Lincoln freed the slave. Yeah, man, got to free the wrestler. Yeah, fucking guys like that. It's like you know. I'm not as successful as The Rock, so uh, you know what? Fuck it. Like, go get better. You know, because you know, his whole justice, he's like, he said, oh, I did it for the boys. There's no fucking, you fucking there's no, there's, yeah, there, there, there's no fucking justice. Like, you know, oh, yeah, 
I'm on a fucking uh, Lone Ranger mission. Bullshit. There's no such thing. Yeah. But. So I got to talk about it because this is my favorite episode. Herb Abrams and the UWF. Oh, my God. My favorite episode of the season. Herb Abrams? No, y'all don't agree? Herb Abrams and the UWF. This man lived a dream. Like that whole oh, joke of shit. cocaine and hookers was his real life. Sorry, I... I... I think yeah, you still we there. Lost Evan. I, I thought I lost you because I didn't hear anything. Did we lose Evan? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, we just lost Evan. Going away for okay. jump back That's... in. But Herb Abrams and the UWF, my favorite episode of the season because this man God. is what a is lunatic. This? That, this is the one I didn't watch. What was this in the seventies? Oh, yeah, this was I'm early back. 90s. You back, Joaquin? Herb so we're Abrams. talking about my favorite episode of the season, Herb Abrams and the UWF. Oh, yeah, that was a great episode. Cocaine, Cocaine and hookers. And hookers. <laughs> this man had all this money. Nobody knows where it came from. He decided to start a wrestling federation, and his whole life was just surrounded by cocaine and hookers. And he would book like the MGM Grand and draw thirty people, have fucking wow. fifteen thousand empty seats in this arena. It, 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 and, and this this is a like a small time uh, company, so it's really hard to. to, to it, it was really hard to like figure out where, where the uh, money came it, from. You back in. So, 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 Evan, we are talking about my favorite episode Man, of the season. Man, that word Cocaine and hookers, bro. Cocaine and hookers. Hey, Herb, just, hey, yeah. hey, Herb was a freaking beast, bro. I know he was like, he was one that, you know, he was one of those mover and shaker guys that kind of felt like he, and, and it just caught up to him, man. It just all caught up to him. Herb Abrams was like the Tony Khan of his day. <laughs> Tony Khan, instead of being a really smart businessman, had a drug. Oh my God, that's so funny. But for me, like, man, and, and, and thinking about it back in the day, right, when the UWF was a thing and he had just really got started and they were starting to bring all those big names in, this dude brought in Andre the freaking giant and got him snatched like the same. Giant. Like, it was crazy. I mean, <laughs> what show? And then Vince wrote Andre. That's what I'm saying. Though, it's wild. It's wild shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. And like they're doing that press conference where he's announcing the UWF, and he's saying that Bruiser Brody's going to be one of his top stars, even though Bruiser Brody died two years before that. Hello, you guys. Man, Herb Abrams. Yeah, we're still here. Felt like this guy with a giant just, dream, and 
anything that he could do, even if it would be considered financially a failure for him, it was a success, right? Like, it's like, yeah, we didn't make any money, but we got the garden. <laughs> that's the cocaine talking. <laughs> but that's the thing, is like, before, before Eric Bischoff, Herb Abrams okay. was an on-air authority figure. I don't know if he was the first yeah, I don't know if he was the first, but he predates Bischoff. He was on there before Bischoff. He, it was, I think it was like 92, 93 that the UWF was running. And this man, he, he was always on cocaine. He always had hookers around. He was, he was, living, he was living somebody's dream. It's the dream a wrestling promoter should have. So, he was living somebody's so he dream. He also wrestled. Like he was a wrestler. And promoter, like he was the first. No, he wasn't a wrestler. He was just oh, he was the owner and the so on-screen authority figure. <laughs> he's like, he's just so, so. So he lived a rock star life, basically, is what you're saying. He did, <laughs> and he drove this promotion into the ground. Like, holy I never crap. heard of UWF. Now I, I'm looking at. Uh, it, was, it was only around for a couple of years. Oh, he died already. Oh, shit. And it was not very successful. Yeah, no, he, he, there's conflicting stories to how he died. We know it involves wow. him being covered in Vaseline and high on cocaine. And we know it involves a bunch of strippers. And we know it involves him destroying furniture with a baseball bat, looking for secret recording devices. But we don't know if he died of a heart attack. Before the police got there, after the police arrested him, while he was in jail, so different people have different stories of when okay, he died. Googling him right but they now, just because, like I said, like I said, I didn't watch all of them, but I, and, and this was part of the mystery that I like. I'm I'm googling um, him, and I see, okay, this this is how you know his last couple of years must have been crazy because he founded UWF in 1990 and he died in '96. So those last six years were. Batch it crazy, I'm assuming. Yep. And the, when he died, he was he was completely naked. He was covered from head to toe in Vaseline. He was high on cocaine. They found a bunch of cocaine and other drugs in his office. Uh, he had yeah. multiple hookers yeah, with that him. Sounds about right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. This, yeah, I mean, you hear all these stories about like Vince McMahon being crazy. Really, but I don't think anybody can find man. This shit was crazy. The connection, Mr. Electricity, huh? This is so good, but but Evan, you got to tell us your thoughts on Herb Abrams because he lived the dream. He lived somebody's dream. Broken dreams. What he? Oh my God. Herb Abrams, bro. So for okay, if I were to say, if I were to make a comparison to Herb and somebody that like we we know, like or that we're familiar with, it would be <laughs> like that, bro. I'm telling you, it would be like that that sleazy <laughs> hustler guy that you know what I'm saying that just goes out and does whatever he hustles. But then, Selling snake oil. Yeah, and it but it yeah. catches up to him. You know what I'm saying? And just like the 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 what was that? The, the black is up. 
Yeah, just the blackjack bra, whatever the hell that shit was. That was yeah. one of his jig is up moments. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bro, he he ran the MGM Grand and drew like 50 right. people. Had 15,000 right. empty seats at the end. You can't fail no harder than that, man. You can't fail no harder than that. that see those? Like, there's leeches that see guys like that. And they leech on him because, like, all right, he's pretty stupid with his money. I'm going to hang out with this guy because he's going to do some ridiculous shit. Right. And then I'll benefit from hanging right. around with this idiot. Uh, yeah. He, he drew the MGM Grand and only drew, like, 50 people? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, he had brought in big names and all that shit. It, was, it did not matter. Yep, Foley used to wrestle for him. Hella people. You know, Foley used to wrestle a, for him. As a comedy <laughs> show promoter. Uh, I, I I mean you know I've had nights where we're doing really really not as much people but you know at the end of the day we're just telling jokes not that not to discredit yeah it, man you know. but that shit ain't the MGM Grand that's crazy exactly and then yeah. and it's yeah that's like did they, was there no fucking no promotion at all like I don't see how they they couldn't sell that I, out you know? I feel, <laughs> oh shit we forgot to put up these flyers no like, I was about what? to say I feel like he had to spend more on the on the actual wrestlers and shit than he had to spend on promotion it had to be nobody knowing this shit was going on or I don't know why I'm trying to give him an excuse but it, it had to be <laughs> something bro I think the line of the episode I forget who it was. But one of the people they interviewed, you know, they said, oh my God. you know, at, at least Herb died That's doing true. what he loved. Cocaine. Let's, and let's be honest. Who doesn't love that? I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a universal it's, thing. It's pretty universal. It's a universal thing. Yes. It's uh, any, any, any married man's dream of dying so, that way, you know, which I see he's married too. <laughs> but, okay. but Herb yeah. Abrams was my favorite episode with New Jack as a close second. Is her he was such a lunatic. <laughs> it's basically imagine if somebody gave Gary Busey money for some yeah, reason and told him to go start a Trump president. I was kidding. Man. <laughs> man, that was fun. Okay. Well, so after after man. Herb Abrams, they 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 covered the the Road Warriors, and I feel bad for Animal because fucking Hawk just fucking his career up left and right. God, like Animal has so much talent, and as a team, they were great. But Hawk just could not get his demons in check. And when you a tag team, you live and die by your partner. The, the, the so the Road Warriors are I are those guys still alive? Animal is. Uh, yeah, animal I, is you know, those are, like, but they were the ones with the face paint and the I mean, shoulder easier ones to like Hulk Hogan, obviously. But those are those guys that you like, oh, yeah, you know, like those, those are very, uh, uh, like almost anybody when they see them, they know those guys, like Vader, you know. I, I don't, I didn't know much about the Road Warriors, um, yeah. They were really big in like the NWA and WCW. They didn't come to WWF until real late in their career. WWF actually created their own version of the Road Warriors called Demolition. Oh, sure. That was like, no, that was back in the 80s. 
Okay. They have their own version of the Road Warriors called Demolition. And and then because the Road Warriors were in NWA, they were in WCW, they were in Japan. You know, they were they were this big dominant tag team. And then when they came to WWF, you know, Vince is like, "Well, we got the Ultimate Warrior." You know, we got we got a lot of wrestlers with Warrior in the name. Come up with something other than the Warriors, and so they dubbed them the the Legion of Doom. So in WWF, they were known as the Legion of Doom. Which name do you guys? So, Legion of Doom or what are your thoughts on the Legion of Doom? Joaquin? Joaquin? Yeah, no, I was just I'm, I'm sorry. I thought maybe I, I was just saying like what Joaquin? do you prefer, Legion of Doom or or their other moniker? Road, Road Warriors. Yeah, I'm, I prefer Road yeah, Warriors. I mean, that sounds like what they are. Because that's what they were for like, the majority uh, of their career. Like uh, villains and Mad Max, you know, Road Warriors just kind of sounds what they look like, you know. You see a lot of those guys at Raider games. Yeah. <laughs> Post-apocalyptic football players. But, but yeah. Hawk had his demons and yeah. But that's what, what the thing. Hawk had his demons his and he couldn't keep them in check. And it, he is, is yeah, there's alcohol and drugs. Wrestlers not so, getting, you know, they're just getting addicted to fucking drugs, man. Because it's like, you know, you're constantly fucking hurting your body and, and you're doing it to, to get fucking, you know, for, for pain killing. It, it's just like, what, you know, like, uh, I mean, maybe these guys now don't talk about it as much or I don't know but like I, I just can't see those guys not getting addicted to anything I mean CM Punk is a righteous example yeah. of a man who won't even take prescribed medication for his pain so there's exceptions really? you know not every wrestler is gonna, gonna fall victim to, to the addiction but I mean you know it just it just really depends and um, I think if it's almost as though if you're not doing pain pills, you're doing steroids, you know. And if you're not doing steroids, you're 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 starting off with pain pills, or you're drinking, or you're doing something to, you know. I I, f- I feel what you're saying, JD, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, just because, I mean, you know, you can only be so mentally tough, yeah. you know, taking all the pain. And you're you're yeah. wrestling like almost like. Like what? Every night for some people, you know, they're they're having a match. Not much time for rest or recuperation. I mean, right. especially if you're on the Indies and that's how you're making all your money. And mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, you know, I mean, I, you know, it's not like acting or doing a, simply acting or doing a stand-up routine. You're punishing yourself on a regular basis, big you time. Know. And that's why I, I heard an interview with the another group of painted guys in sound insane clown posse. Where they uh they talked about you know hanging out with like the rock bands and rappers, and then and then partying with with wrestlers and so the wrestlers like such as any other crazy performers rock stars, and they you know they party way harder like they're just crazier people. It's a different kind of it's a different kind of human, you know, to 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 do that to your body every day. Well, shoot, man. Hawk, so, what are, what are your Hawk, thoughts on the here. Road Warriors? Hawk, uh, I think we just lost him. No, I'm good. No, he's here. Can you hear me? Really? Okay, so uh, no, 
Oh, I what, guess he just he just uh, yeah, I can hear. You. I can hear. You. Okay, so what I think Still of the episode, what I think of the episode is that it was good, but to me. So what what are what are your what what uh what are your thoughts on that one, uh, Phil? Oh, my bad, I can't hear. Well, him. I was listening to what Evan's bad. thoughts were before you chimed in. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear Evan. My bad. Okay. I can hear Evan just fine. So you were saying, Evan? No, I can't hear Evan. Evan? (laughs) For what it's worth, I I thought the Royal Warriors were amazing. I mean, they're one of the greatest tag teams to ever exist. Uh, I mean, they're the only... They didn't didn't hold ECW tag titles, right? Yeah, they never... never, That's why I said they didn't hold ECW tag titles. I don't think they were in ECW. They were the first to hold three major tag belts before their retirement. You know, WWE, NWA, and WCW. It's incredible. Incredible legacy they got going for them. Sounds like Evan came back in. Uh, He He just dropped out. He might be coming back in. He's having connection issues. Crazy, because the week before that, it was Joaquin. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's like, it, it, the... I, miss the studio. I know, man, me too. That, I miss the I studio. I know, I know uh, some, uh, we, I've had oh. some feedback on the, you know, they enjoy it, but it's like, sometimes it's, uh, it, they, I know they've mentioned it sounds weird. <laughs> we will be back in the studio when it's safe to do so. Uh, we talked about it. We talked about like, you know, I know cause you, you, you got a situation going. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin, Maybe like we could get at least a few of us in here, and we could still do this virtually, right? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely yeah. we can. Yeah, well, I miss it. Way, man, do I miss uh, the studio? It's it's been kind of weird. I kind of I I come and I sit in the couch just to get used to like because I'm you know I don't want to like lose you know. The, the whole feel of it because you know what it is man it, like i did that zoom comedy show with evan uh, a couple of weeks ago or a month month ago and there's something about like live live energy you know like live um and that i mean don't get me wrong i i, I love doing the phone calls because you know i check in with you guys and, and we and we you know I, I have a good time but there's something about the live magic even in the podcast not just for like stand-up <laughs> you know you know what i mean that's 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 what i told the next guest that i invited for next week i said you know i had always envisioned you coming through and chilling out on the the, mm-hmm. the comfy chairs and stuff and kicking it like our other guests because there's you know he's a real cool guy and i feel like we just we build an amazing atmosphere that way i mean i'm not saying that the interviews we've done so far have been bad but you know, there's definitely some sort of magic to sitting down and being in the studio. Yeah, that's why you know I'm trying to make the most of it. Like uh, I'm trying, I've been trying to book guests right. that yeah. we like normally me, couldn't me, get into the studio like, for scheduling reasons. He does so much, oh, you know what I mean. He's always running around doing something. So I was like, oh, okay, this is a perfect, perfect time. <laughs> you know what I mean? They reach out. Um. But no, back to the subject of the we don't want to stray too far from the, the wrestling doc. Man, uh, how heartbreaking is it to you know, it feels like 
you know, they were born to do this thing. You know, these guys are so tough and you, you get a reputation for just fighting people, enjoy fighting and rough and take the hit. It just feels like some people are just made to be professional wrestlers, you know? Yeah, yeah, like like New Jack's a perfect example of that. But yes, those guys. Yeah. No. Yeah, New Jack's the type of person who cannot hold a nine to five job. Fucking unloading their fucking anger on a guy like New Jack in a grocery store, you know. (laughs) You just fucking imagine New Jack in like a red polo at Target. Like you you imagine selling groceries and shit. Fucking manager, you know. Guy, you you take all your frustration, not knowing what the hell he's gonna do to you. Jesus Christ, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jack, did you stab a customer that's what, that's today? Like, Man, that know, little bitch is talking shit. Wrestlers that that seem like you know that are obviously like soup. There's 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 like uh there's there's dogs and wolves, you know. Like there's guys that are scary. And then there's guys that are really good athletes. Like The Rock's a perfect example of like he's a good athlete. I mean, yeah, he's big, but he he seems like a nice guy. You know what I'm saying? And then there's guys like fucking uh, New Jack that are the Road Warriors that are fucking scary. Like, <laughs> like after after the show's over, like who's still scary in the locker room? You know? Yeah, and that's yeah. what that. You're good. Yeah, you know, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, what was it that stood out to you about the Road Warrior documentary, uh, Phil and, and Joaquin? A, a lot of it, it just goes to, you know, when you're a tag team like that, where you both have like matching gimmicks. Yeah. As opposed to just two single guys who are thrown together, right? You you kind of you kind of live and die by one another. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Bubba Ray has had a pretty okay singles yeah. career as Bully Ray recently, but Devon ain't going nowhere. You know, even Shawn Michaels broke out from the Rocker and became Shawn Michaels. Marty Jannetty ain't going nowhere. But then you also same and like the Hardy Boys have found individual success. Edge and Christian found individual success. But a lot of those tag teams, especially in the '80s, where you had the heart, you know, nation. like the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express, and you had the Killer Bees, you had all these tag yeah. teams where you know you kind of need each other. Like, uh, you know, yeah. Ricky Morton ain't doing a lot of single stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's Rock and Roll Express or nothing. And so, with the Legion of Doom, you know, Animal by himself isn't really much of a solo act. You know, he needs Hawk there so they can be the Road Warriors. And with with Hawk having his, his drinking problems and his demons, you know, that, that messes it up for Animal. Because what's Animal going to do? You know, he's not getting booked. He's not getting work. He's struggling to, to get by by himself. You know, and then... Is he, is so I, get, I, it's, I, feel, I feel bad for him. Especially because... In, in, Animal is. They tried to form a Legion of Doom um, in the early. 
Yeah, he does like independent stuff. They yeah. tried to reform the Legion of Doom in the early 2000s with Heidenreich. That's, that's the thing and about it like, didn't those really like said, those work out. And wrestling they... tag teams, like you couldn't replace Hawk. You know, like it's not like Kiss, the band Kiss, where you could just throw another guy in there with, with paint on, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we're bringing in some other guys. Like, oh, we don't need Paul Simon. We'll get yeah, somebody really. up. I mean, you know, for I mean, they obviously kids did it. They replaced the other people, but yeah, Stan, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm so uh, tired. I'm getting names all confused. So, like, you know, I didn't know he was still active. He's not active on like, big names, is he? Like, he's not at. He's not in AEW or WWE, is he? Okay, uh, he, he unfortunately, like most like wrestlers of the eighties, like... he's just going to the indie circuit and signing autographs and mm. making appearances, and you know, I mean, like cons. Uh, no, 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 at wrestling shows. Oh, wrestling this, you, shows. You go to go to almost any wrestling show in the country, and you'll find some old school guy, you know, from decades past signing autographs, or maybe if you're lucky, they'll like Sandman for a long time i don't know if he's still doing this but he was paid to show up run in the ring and hit someone with a singapore cane you know interfere for like the face or something or for the heel you know as like a fixer um mm. or maybe they'll have like a one-off match or something or someone will want to tag with animal or you know something like that like i, I want to be a new road warrior or whatever but for the most part like that's you know someone asked me what's the state like for these professional wrestlers? Like, you know, how much money are they left with? And I said, it really depends, you know, cause they're, they're making, you know, they're making money based on like how famous they were. Um, like, were they on TV? Were they not on TV? Like you could be, you know, if you're, if you're the top guy in WWE, you could be making millions. And if you save your money correctly, then you'll be okay. You know what I mean? Or if you parlay yourself in other ventures, like, you know, you're doing commercials for Slim Jim or something, you know what I mean? Like step into a Slim Jim. Oh yeah. Stuff like that. Then you're doing fine. Or if you're building a business using your wrestling fame to build a business outside of the business, then that's fine as well. Or starting your own school. But then there's this whole other tier of guys who, you know, don't do all that, but they'll, just because they were on TV for a couple of years, they're able to make $2,000 a night um, just to, you know, swing a chair um, badly. Mm-hmm. Here's looking at you, LaParca. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but then you got guys who've been on the indie scene their entire lives and they're making like, you know, $50 a night, $60, $70 a night. You know, like um, Dick's making, and uh, some of them build up their name. Yeah, I mean, some of them are making like, you know, maybe if they're doing enough indies and they they build a brand for themselves, they're making over sixty, seventy. Maybe they're making like five hundred a night or something like that. You know what I mean? But for the most mm-hmm. part, you know, there's not a whole lot to be made. So somebody like, you know, one half of the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, is probably going to get a decent pay cut from for going into a local indie fed that's trying to put butts in seats 
So, oh, there's what, just what, this what is, celebrity what, what dude do you, who's big. What do you think that number is? What? How much money? Yeah, like what's your estimate? Like what are you? Est- well, I mean, Marco. Well, that well, there. I, I there is a former uh, like big time wrestler who got paid uh, two grand because he was in TV in the '90s. So. I would suspect that the same would, I mean, for someone who's as de- decorated mm-hmm. and um, as, as well-traveled as one half of the Road Warriors, they're probably pulling a little bit more than that, to be honest with you. And then if they're charging per autograph, they're raking in, like, potentially another grand. Easy. Wow. You know, you know what, what's crazy about that? Like 10000 Okay. Mm-hmm. Like 10000 You know, what's crazy about that is I, there's this comic... I know personally, uh, I've worked with in the past. He's, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of, he's, well, he's getting bigger because of his YouTube uh, stuff. I don't want to say his name obviously, but, um, he told me like for a, for some gig, some private gig he got hired for, it was an easy $10,000. And, you know, that's just comedy, you know, and you're telling me about some of these guys making like two G's like, Ooh, man, that's crazy. Still not bad money though. No, it's not. It's not. But you, you get what I'm saying. Like the, the, your your whole. That's what I said. Not. I'm not. I'm not saying like comedy doesn't deserve it. Obviously, you know. But like, just, just how crazy it is. Like, if you're thinking about getting into this shit, you know, and and you're expecting to make money from, you know, like maybe. Especially because you got how many times a week are you wrestling? If you're wrestling once a week. That to Jesus, your only payday. You're paying for, you know, food and hotel. Yeah. Sometimes the promoter will pay for your territory you work in. Like yeah. as far as that makes sense. Um, it's just that's crazy, you know. Because what if something really bad happens, you know, and all you got is a couple. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking about it as far as like the damage to your body. Well, that's why wrestlers need to unionize anyway. This has been something that they've been talking about for a minute. But, but it's just uh, never so, permission. Um, I I don't know much about Hawk's death. Did he? How did? How how was? He, did their reign end before he died, or did he die when they were? You know, because they, they. What, what what happened with Hawk was, uh, he had got it was similar to Eddie Guerrero, really, where he had gotten himself clean and he was clean for a couple years. And he was just like moving furniture, like him and his girlfriend or him and his wife or whatever. Wow. You know, he was moving furniture and That's just went to lay way. down and his heart just gave out. Um, you know, I heard this. I don't I don't know if you're familiar with this comedian, Joey Diaz. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Because you don't Joey see Diaz. He's a, He has a very famous podcast, The Church of What's Happening. He talks about, because he did cocaine for years, you know, since oh. he was a teen. And um, and he just got sober ten years ago, you know, not that long ago. But I, according to him, the because he did everything, uh, you know, not just, but cocaine was his main thing. But uh, according to him, the 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 certain drugs like cocaine and I forgot what other drug he mentioned, they stick to your fat. So he says every once in a while, now that he's losing weight, he'll be working or doing something, and all of a sudden he'll get these horrible drug anxieties. <laughs> Which you know, it, it's kind of like an after effect from doing so much blow, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's what that something like that was what happened to Eddie Guerrero, or, or like you said, to Hawk. 
No, definitely. I, I, I do. I definitely think that's what happened. Is you, you, you know, you punish your body like that with a chemical yeah, substance that can have an effect you, later on. I mean, that stuff elevates your yeah. heart rate. Yeah. You know, artificially. So naturally, your heart can only take so much of that. And even if you quit using it, it's still in a weakened state after you've done pounding it half to death. So you're taking years off your life whenever you use coke or, or, or crack or heroin or any of the heavier stuff. You know? I'm here. So oh he, he missed out on the so, so Evan you're still there, right? Okay, yeah. so one thing I wanna he he, he got he, he missed most of it. But he's here he's here for this part. But 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 Evan I gotta they they chose to end the season. With with the Owen Hart that's fall, a, which I mean, tough you start with Chris Benoit, ended with Owen Hart. I mean, that makes sense. And it was it was a tough mm. double win. But you being as big a Bret Hart fan as you are, like Probably I would love to hear your thoughts on the Owen Hart episode episode. for me on the personal basis, just because I remember the day that he had passed away. So. It was really crazy and surreal to actually hear Martha's accounts yeah. of everything. Cause you know, you've only heard so much of, uh, about her as far as articles or anything like that. I'm covering this. Yeah. Cause her, yeah, cause her thing is she doesn't do a lot of interviews or anything because, uh, she's very bitter towards Vince Which McMahon. When you, when you, when you listen to her story, husband, when you listen to what she she's saying, to do with you can totally understand where she's coming from. Whereas beforehand, had you not, you've been like, oh, I want Owen in there. I want Owen in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, was it, was it last year at the Hall of Fame when Mark Henry got inducted when he was crying? Nah. He was saying, Martha, please let Owen in. It's his birthright. He deserves to be here. You know, and at the time, yeah, that's I'm what like, I was yeah, thinking. Mark, I was like, yeah, man, Mark, you know, I, shit, I wouldn't Martha want to be in like, the damn Hall of Fame either if something like that happened, you know? So it, it was an interesting story. What, 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 oh, go ahead. Uh, what's, I just want to know what's, why not? Why not? What? It's, why wouldn't you want him in the Hall of Fame? I'm saying I wouldn't want to be in the Hall of Fame either because they're, when what they said was is that it's basically him being celebrated or elevated in the same place that he was taken away from. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because her whole thing is like, because Owen Hart got inducted into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame like two years ago. There's a picture of Martha with the plaque, and mm. she's super proud of that. Like, she's not ashamed of Owen's accomplishments or his career, but her whole thing with WWE is she's just like, the Hall of Fame isn't real. Like it's Which just the, it's just an event worms. they put on. They need to make honestly feel if tell me if you agree. I really think it's overdue for them to well, maybe not now, but down the line for them to make the uh Hall of Fame physical, make a physical Hall of Fame or something. It, there, it, it, uh, it, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know this. Something if, if you the know, person's already passed on, or if the person's still around, is there any kind of like I don't know, you know, like a royalty <laughs> you get out of it or something? No, it's just basically, you know, like you said, tickets yeah. to sell tickets for them, yeah, yeah that's that. and, they, and you get a cool ring, yeah, 
<laughs> you get a nice ring. I mean, I mean you get, you get, to me, you get, yeah, you get a cool I think ring. it's just more about the status for them within that country. It's crazy to me that they don't have a, a Hall of Fame physical yet, especially because of how they like to kind of act like they're their own universe, like or that they uh, reside within their own universe. I think mm-hmm. that's the only that's the only reason that the Hall of Fame really has any meeting right now is because WWE holds everything pretty much in their own little. Like, like, I think part of it is like if you look like the, like if you look like the Baseball Hall of Fame, it's yeah. based like a big tourist attraction, mm. which is what it would be if WWE built one. So it's like, well, where do you build one? Do you build one in Stanford? Who goes to Stanford? What the fuck is there to do in Stanford? You know, do you build maybe one? Florida, like the window. You know, it's like where where. So that's that's a thing, but what I was what I was gonna say is what was really heartbreaking is seeing that home video footage of Owen with his kids and Owen Hart when he was still alive, and yeah. him saying things like, you know, can't wait till I get out of the business and I can just spend all this time with the family and talk about all these things he wants to do with his family once he gets out of the business. Yeah. yeah. Sad. That, that messed that messed me up almost as much as the Eddie Guerrero stuff in episode one. And then when you think yeah. about their uh then you think about their schedule, like how it was back then, they were they were out there, you know what I mean? So yeah, I can only imagine. No days off. No days off. Yeah. Well and what I didn't know was that you know, after everything happened, you know, Martha and and her son Oge went up on the catwalk where Owen was. That was so tough. Yeah, and that there's, was tough. there's that police photo they took of like the view of the ring from the scaffolding. Yeah, that was disturbing. Man, that was disturbing. <laughs> that was very disturbing. That's what I'm saying. Like that's why Dark Side of the Ring got my vote, man. They they really, really outdid themselves on these uh, documentaries on these episodes this time around. Uh, Oh, it was tragic. Yeah, especially because, like, um, suppose supposedly, like, as Owen's falling, you know, the fucking referees there in the corner <laughs> cleaning up the ring, and you know, Owen just yells out, you know, watch out or look out, you know, like man knows he's fallen to his death, yeah. and he can't save the fucking referee, like man. Yeah, that shit's crazy. You know that that is insane. And then to look at the. She had the little clip that he was attached to. You know what I mean? She had the little... It was crazy. To just see how they... Yeah, they messed that up. In a lot of ways, they kind of botched that. When I seen that little clip, that small clip that they had him attached attached to, I was like, no, there's no way. Because like, like, we've been used to, for years, seeing Sting rappel down and then take, like, Three minutes to undo yeah. himself before he starts swimming. Yeah. Then to to see this, just that tiny little clip, like that's it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll take the sting harness anytime, bro. I don't. I'm not worried about no couple minutes of getting down. You know what I mean? Because I'm I'm assuming that the clip is for like a quick and easy release once you land. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, that that wasn't good. That I could tell, me personally, there would be no way you could convince me to get in there with that. So I was I was listening to 
um, another podcast. It wasn't talking as Jericho. It was like the, the Solomon monster sounds off. Mm. And he was talking about like the Owen Hart thing. Cause if you look at, I want to say it was survivor series right before that, they did a similar thing with Owen getting lowered into the harness and then getting stuck as the blue blazer and everybody's making fun of him because he's stuck in the harness and can't get down. And so they had done this stunt before, but they used a different guy before. And apparently, um, I don't know how, don't hold me to this. I'm just, this is hearsay from what I remember from the podcast, but Vince McMahon didn't like how like the harness looked and how the release system looked. He thought it looked too clunky and too ugly and he wanted it to look better on camera. And so he wanted like a quick release system. And the guy who was lowering Owen originally wouldn't go for it because he's like, oh, it's not safe. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hang equipment from that, let alone a human being. Like I, I'm not doing it. It's just it's not safe enough. Right. And so they they stopped lowering Owen for a while, and then when they wanted to do this, they went with a different guy, and the guy they went said that he used to repel Sting, and uh, turns out he didn't. He was just like an assistant to the guys who repelled Sting. Oh God. You know, and then he used the quick release because I guess I don't know if he was pressured into it or if he didn't know any better. And yeah, that's crazy. That's that's what I'm saying. The recipe for disaster, man. Yeah, for disaster. That's why that's why I always look at this situation now, because I've watched this episode probably like three, four times now. Right. Like I've just gone back and sketched the details and all that stuff. It's just it's mind boggling to me how they chose to go with that that quick release like you said and then after that right seeing how vince kind of how his actions were in the whole thing because i was already weary of him off the brian pillman death right i'm just about about to ask you this do you think they they should have continued the show no i think once i think once that happens something like that happens you got to stop the show man yeah, I, I, I realize you. Know, I agree. You're, you know, because I mean, I realize you know you're live on pay per view, and there's that whole mentality: the show must go on. You don't know if Owen's going to be okay or not. So, oh, he's you know, dead. I can as soon as he hit I, heard paper, I heard an interview with him. Hey, like, because you know they they wheeled him out of the ring on a stretcher and they took him to the hospital. He wasn't pronounced dead until sometime after. So they had nah, like. <laughs> Nah, but I, I heard an interview with Val Venus where he said straight up, like, we looked at him, like, he was, I guess, next, mm. uh, Val Venus, and he said that when they were put, they were taking him in that, in the, in the gurney, in the stretcher, and, uh, um, he saw the look of his eyes and, and the, him, and uh, I forgot what other wrestlers he was mm. with, Val Venus, he said they looked at his eye and they're like, oh, yeah, he's dead. Like, everybody, it's like, they, they don't even need to be told, yeah. you know, like, they already knew, then he had to put his shit on, and he's expecting, oh, we're just going to probably go home because, you know, it's fucking, he, he just died. Oh, no, nah, bro. He, like, nope. Even worse than that, imagine the ring. <laughs> imagine imagine just the con- the composition of a ring because I've had to build them. Mm. You guys have had to build them. <laughs> so yeah. there's steel, of course, the, t- the, the posts that holds everything right. together. Yep. <laughs> on the bottom of that, it's a bed of just beans that's the bottom then you layer that with wood posts so you got wood on top of the steel yeah it's got a row of two by four yep 
And then on top of that is a very, 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 very thin mat. Very thin, like yoga mat thin. Then you put the canvas on top of that and, and pull it tight. All right, so there's literally barely any give to that. So if you hit that from as far as he dropped, you're gone. You know what I'm saying? Sooner or later. Just what's, for real. And what's, what's really fucked up, and I, didn't, I didn't know this, just like the a lot of the stuff with the Benoit one, I didn't know this until I saw this episode. Mm-hmm. But apparently, like, when Owen hit, like, he broke, like, a lot of those two-by-fours. Uh-huh. And there was like, a huge divot, like a huge dent in the side of the ring yeah. that he hit. And so the rest of us were told, don't go in that part of the ring because there's a big hole right there. Damn, are you serious? So if you watch the rest of the shows, they don't go in that corner because the, there's a big hole in the ring from where Owen hit. He broke the boards in that part of the ring. Oh, wow. wow. I think so. it, it says so much about Owen's character as a as a man that as, you know, because I, I, I can't remember. I think it, it may have been um, it may have been everyone's favorite cantankerous wrestling historian that brought this up, Jim Cornette. But you know, Owen's last words were, look out, right? I can't remember who in the documentary said that, but just the fact that... Was it Eric? Or no. no, it was, it was Jimmy Corderas. Maybe. But his last words were, you know, look out. And and he was thinking about others yeah. um, before himself. You know, he's I didn't want to hurt someone else on his way down. And that... That was so powerful, and he seemed like such a, you know, the 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 Hall of Fame issue um, is an interesting double-edged sword. Because on the one on the one hand, you know, his his wife has every right in the world to feel the way that she does about her husband being displayed up there for any purpose, uh-huh. um, because it reminds her of that pain. It's kind yeah. of like, you know. Um, I had a relative that died and, and, you know, there's a, my, my cousins would say, you know, turning on the news is difficult because they're talking, you know, they'll talk about him. They'll talk about the anniversary and to them, he's shooting victim. But that was my, that was my cousin. So it's like for all of us, Owen was this amazing professional wrestler that we really liked. And there are many people that probably wish that he could get the honor of hall of fame, whether we understand that there is no, physical structure or not you know people want to see that because to the fan it's a very respectful thing to do it's like how amazing he was but on the other side of that coin you know for her it's 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 like you're going to remind me of of how i lost him you know what i mean right i'd like to think there's an alternate universe out out there where you know owen didn't die a tragic death and his son or daughter want to follow in his footsteps as a pro wrestler because he was amazing. You know what I mean? The, and well, so just, because of the way that he died tragically, I don't think, I, I think wrestling for those kids is the furthest things in their mind. And it's fine. The kids turned out all right. Apparently they're highly educated. They're doing awesome one, things one in their thing, lives, but you know, one thing, one thing Martha has done is, she started up a pro wrestling tea store for Owen Hart. Oh, and like there's Hart t-shirts in there now. It's like the first official Owen Hart merchandise in over 20 years. You know, because she, she wanted stuff out there for the fans. That way the 
because she's not ashamed of Owen's career. She just despises WWE and holds them accountable. Right. You know, she's proud of him going into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. And so she has like the these shirts available in pro wrestling tees, and they're actually pretty clean. I'm not gonna lie, I, I kind of want to pick up one. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if proceeds go to the Owen Hart Foundation or not, but I think there, I think there's something like that set up where part of it goes to the Owen Hart Foundation. Okay. But uh, I'm about to check those shirts out then, man. If you're giving them the cosign, I got a question for you guys that you guys know more about. This. Uh, I don't know. I, I cut out for a while. I don't know if this is gonna. I don't know if you guys have mentioned this, but there's a lot of, you know, I watch a lot of like conspiracy videos and shit like that. And uh, one of the things they say it's out there, but no one's ever really seen it is the footage. Supposedly there's an urban legend that in WWE's like video library, there are videotapes labeled uh, do not erase, do not watch. And it's, it's draws the incident with draws where he was paralyzed. But one heart call. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. I heard they have to keep them for legal reasons, mm-hmm. but no one's allowed to watch them and no one's allowed to erase them. I don't. I heard. I heard about that. It gets lumped in with the whole Christine Shabuck, which we've talked about, which we talked about reviewing the film about that girl who committed suicide on live. The the news anchor who committed suicide yeah. on live. I've it's, seen that on YouTube. Well, they they got the yeah. They I don't think the, the it's. The footage is also, you know, they say it's in a little vault, which they need to keep for legal mm-hmm. reasons, like you said. Um, I just, I, you know, I, I've heard someone, like one of my old said he saw it because they said it was live on. Uh, I think know, I've seen it. Or I've seen something yeah. about it. But so one, one thing I want to say, and, and uh, Evan, I think you might agree with me, is I feel like... Um, I feel like the Owen Hart episode would have benefited from being a two-parter because it's mainly just about his fall. They don't really spend any time about Owen Hart, the person, Owen Hart, the wrestler, Owen Hart, the prankster. They spent a little time on that, but it was mostly about his fall. Whereas Chris Benoit, since it was a two-parter, they had more time to talk about him and his career and really get you like invested in him and remember like how good he was. Yeah. I think this would have benefited just from having like one more part, like a, like a, a two-parter where you could focus more on Owen Hart's career yeah. and the type of person he was. Because you hear all these stories about him pulling pranks on people behind the scenes, what a practical joker he was. You know, it would have been nice to see some of that in there. I agree. Instead of just the fall. I agree, man. That's To me, I think that's probably one of the few mistakes they, they made is that just not expanding it a little bit, making it a two-parter, like you said. And especially because we know that there's enough uh, footage out there for for us to, you know, get a, a full look at a glimpse of this guy's life and career. I think that, like you said, it was a little bit of a too much focus just on the fall purely, even though that's, you know, a big part of uh, of the end. I, I do think, like no, you I said, mean, I, he needs to be celebrated over. I do get it. There's not a lot of Owen Hart footage you can mm-hmm. use because WWE owns it all. There's not a lot of people you can interview who knew Owen at that time because a lot of them are employees. They're all under contract identity. So that might have something to do with it, too. That makes sense. That makes sense. Damn, so Dark Side of the Ring is really becoming like damn near anti Definitely. It makes (laughs) That's crazy. Dark Side of the Ring. Like, I can't lie. 
this one with Owen Hart, it, it uh it got to me a little bit only because I'm so familiar with his work and grew up on his work, right? So just seeing the just seeing the whole thing play back and when like you were saying, seeing the 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 shots over the, you know, the over the ring and everything, it was just it was surreal. It was very surreal. Yeah. Very surreal. So 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 overall, what did everybody think of this season of Dark Side of the Ring? I mean, this thing had this thing had this show had everything from from murder to CTE scandal. The mafia was even hinted to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still can't believe that I had no idea about that. Uh, that 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 one Canadian wrestler that was supposedly a hitman. That was crazy. Man. Um. Um. The one of the greatest tag team teams of all time, and it just really goes to show that these are people living a really tough life and fulfilling their dreams. And yep. you get a peek at showbiz. What last thing I say is there's a common thread in a lot of these, and that's that Vince McMahon is kind of a terrible person. Yeah, it's big, <laughs> man. <laughs> He's kind of a horrible person. Imagine, imagine how many people that guy's had assassinated. Or You know what's crazy? Uh, I I heard, uh, I, I don't know if you guys know who the comedian Patrice O'Neill is. I know he is. But, uh, yeah, but he used to work for WWE as a writer. Uh, and mm. and one of his old radio shows, Opie and Anthony, he talks about, I like to listen to a lot of his his stuff on there. And one of the episodes he talked about how it was working for Vince. He said Vince is a cold dude. He said there's this guy who is it's kind of funny, but not really. This guy who showed up uh, and he he you know he wanted to be a writer on the show for years and he landed this job. Indian guy and like Vince saw him and thought, ooh, like I'm gonna have you write for this. Uh, have that terrorist character for a while, the Saudi. Character, Bahamas Hassan. This guy was like having to write for that. Like, oh, that guy! <laughs> he said Vince just saw this guy. Oh yeah, like he, and he could tell like it was killing him inside. But Vince would get a kick out of it. You know, he's just, the guy is just cold. <laughs> yeah, Vince is a dick, man. <laughs> Straight up, a genius though. Yeah, I think you know everybody yeah. has they 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 prime, and you know when Vince was in his prime, he was the man, bro. But then he was Vince also was in his prime evil as well. Mur- so. Vince over there covering up murders and, and that's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> like, damn, Vince over here, fucking mafioso, oh, man. 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 I was like, damn, I'm a little uh, shit. I didn't know Vince was that damn gangster. Now he's working for Trump, dude. He's an advisor. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, he's in charge. He's advising Trump on how to reopen the economy. Wow. This motherfucker can't even reopen the I can accept. see it now. See, the thing here. <laughs> the only, titles only white guys Right? And like, 7-Up Donald are going to have to go after the Lemon Lime Soda Championship. <laughs> so I can so let, me, let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys this, especially you, Evan. Like this. This show has covered a lot mm. of grounds 
over the first two seasons because not only everything we covered in this season, you know, New Jack, Benoit, uh, Owen Hart, you know, all the big ones. Season one, they were covering the Montreal screw job. They were covering, you know, the whole scandal with Fabulous Moolah. Like, they've covered a lot of stuff on this show. Like, if they get a season three, what is there left for them to really that's talk the, about? That's the crazy part about it is because, you know what I want to see? What would you like to see? Even though it's not a match, I love to see just the whole story told. What is it? The plane ride from hell. I would love to hear it, like, just see a whole episode dedicated to what the hell happened, who was on the plane. I'm not going to lie. Jim Ross is a savage because he has that, that podcast. Is that the one where Kurt Hill and uh, Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Almost, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, when they were wrestling and crashed into the emergency exit and almost blew the door open. Savage, because he was talking about that on his podcast, and he was like, Kurt Henning had a job when that plane took off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, bro. It's impossible to get those things open from the inside. That's what someone said. Kurt Henning had a job when that plane took off. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I'm saying though bro like I'd love to see an episode dedicated to that uh shit I don't know have they done one on Brian Pillman already they need to do one on Brian Pillman I agree on that was there one for Bruiser Brody yes there was. I think yeah there was there was one on Bruiser Brody um so I'm honestly like I don't know. Like Ooh. the only thing that really comes Macho to my mind, Randy Savage Macho. and Stephanie McMahon. Ah, I don't. Good I don't man. know, man. I don't. Think, I don't know if there's enough there for forty-five. But what I was gonna say is that what comes to my mind, and, and I know this uh. isn't mainstream, but I would kind of like to see them maybe talk about like the APW incident with with oh, Greg Collie, where that's that would be crazy. You're talking when dude got killed with the power bomb. See, I don't even know what it was. Originally, I heard it was like a gorilla press, and then I heard somebody else say it was a power bomb, and I heard somebody say that he was fine, and then he was driving home and something happened. I've heard so many different stories. That's why I'm like, I kind of like them to do the research and figure out what really happened, because I've been hearing different stories since 2004, 2005. Crash Holly didn't die of natural causes either, so there's that. There's that. Because I'm looking at it. I'm looking at, okay, so you were saying Brian Pillman. I was, I was gonna say the 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 Brian Lawler, Brian Christopher thing, him dying. I think that'd be a good one because that's Jerry Lawler's son too. That would be a good one. Ooh, Interesting. Yeah, like I know the trained relationship of father and son. Heck yeah. I know you guys have probably already seen the HBO documentary on Andre the Giant. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I, it would be interesting to see if they. I mean, I don't know that. I don't know that really. They kind of like they touched on how, how they fucked him over a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be interesting to give to give it a different spin. Yeah. Yeah. You know who they should cover? I don't know if they have. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they? Did they? They should cover Jesse the Body Ventura, right? But then they should oh, try to unionize yeah. the locker room. They should do that. Yeah. They should do that. Like, you, hey, you, that would be one of the best ones to me. Like, like a, like a, 
like a successful well not so, you know they like, tried to unionize like the the wrestlers and stuff to right. you know make sure everybody would get you know fair and, treatment and, all and that then stuff. the, the forces that block doing it yeah i agree with you that would be powerful yeah and supposedly so supposedly according to jesse what happened is when there was like jesse in like the 90s i think he was like suing the wwf over like royalties over like coliseum video royalties that weren't paid to him and things like that and since it was a lawsuit you know in a deposition you can ask somebody anything and they have to answer truthfully because it's fucking right. the law and shit. And Jesse like was talking to his lawyer and he's like, Hey, like back in the eighties, I tried to unionize and somebody stooged me off to the boss. Can you find a way to work that in and see who did that? And like his fucking lawyer was so slimy. He managed to take this thing about mm. video royalties and put into Jesse's whole thing about yeah. trying to unionize. And according to Jesse, his lawyer told him that Vince McMahon said Hulk Hogan is the one that told him that Whoa! Jesse was trying to unionize. I'm, I'm not surprised. Well, yeah, because I mean, Hogan was top guy at the time, you know. Uh, it was in his best interest to make sure there wasn't no union because then that protects his spot. Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. But that's why I said they need to make a, they need to make a whole episode about that, bro. Because you do you know how hard it like it will be once the reveal is like Hogan did it. That would be the hardest reveal ever, ever. That should be crazy. Let's see. I'm thinking about. I'm trying to think of like one or two more that would be really good. That like three. That would be pretty good. The click. I taught you like how they fucking. You know, like ran over the locker room. Well, yeah, I, mean, huh. I wouldn't yeah. be mad at that one. And if I was to pick one more, to me, there's so much like success that happens with the click. Oh, Scott Hall. You could do Scott a Hall's you could alcohol. do a solo yeah. Scott Hall one. You could do that. You could do that. That would actually be really good. I mean, you you can do. I don't I don't remember if they did this in season one or not, but you can do one about Vince McMahon. Driving the territories out of business and buying. I don't up the know why they haven't done that already. If they haven't, you know who would be interesting. <laughs> even though that whole power play he did to keep Star to keep a uh, uh, almost that Starcast, but keep Starcade yeah. off of pay per view where he was telling pay per view providers, "Hey, if you carry Starcade, I'm not giving you Survivor yeah. Series." And so a lot of companies decided to not carry Starcade that year. Terry uh, Funk, Terry that's Funk, pretty ruthless. Is interesting as hell. And I think, uh, I mean, even though he already has his, you know, like beyond the mat, based on him a lot, uh, they made it. They made it seem. I mean, hard like seven more times exactly. since Beyond the Mat, though. So there's he, plenty more. They, they, that though. one, like, it's a sending off documentary for him. But he fucking, I, I heard he was still wrestling in 2019 or 2018. Damn. And so I, like, I'm. I don't think they can do this because he's under contract, but maybe Nigel McGinnis and what happened with him having yeah. to retire. Oh, that would be a good one. That would be a good one. Maybe you know, maybe he can do it. Because, I mean, he was, he, was like, he was at, like, the peak of his career. He wasn't even at his Man. prime yet. And he had to when, hang when it I up. think about it, that's very true. So, that's very true. You Definitely. know, same as TA. Magnum TA was this big up and comer in the NWA. He was United States champion, had all this promise, was being groomed to be world champion. And then it was what a car accident or something. And that was that. 
he's I mean he was still alive, he didn't die, but his career was over. Man, with that. I'd love to see a, I'd love to see a dark side of the ring about Sabu. <laughs> Sabu, yeah. see just his history. And cause to, to see how he is now, because I seen him wrestle last year and it was fucking horrible. But because he can't move or do anything. So so to see it would be crazy this like if they started it with him now, right? Just like how he is now, broken down, and it just shows how he got that way. Like what the beginning of his career was. Yeah. The, you know what I mean? And all this crazy shit yeah, in between. I mean, you could, you could do the same thing with Foley because Mick Foley, he had that whole Japanese yeah. deathmatch career, losing the year in, 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 in Munich, Germany yeah. against Vader. You know, deathmatch stuff with Terry Funk going in through, you know, even his WWE, WCW career, you know, Foley now, he yep. can barely move. You even throw, like you said, like you just mentioned. He gave his body. I think, I, I think a McFoley episode is crossing into season four territory. And the only reason why I say that is because there's so much good stuff we can say about Foley. Like, he's a celebrated author and it just doesn't strike me as dark enough for Dark Side of the Ring for some reason. You know? Not yet, huh? <laughs> not yet. He, he, he may be difficult and, you know, McFoley may have a hard time moving around, but that can also, one can argue that the older one gets, you're going to have a tougher, okay. you know, to say, great author, have a nice day. My kids love me and everything. His life is more or less okay. You know, you know, I would love to see one about CM the Punk getting fired uh, over his wedding week, and and then like getting beat up at UFC afterward. That's pretty. That's pretty I got I got a question for you guys about CM Punk. What's um, up? Was that the pipe bomb incident thing where he? Uh, is that real or was that? It, it it was a worked shoot, so like. The stuff he was saying was real. It was like legitimate grievances people had at the time and things, you know, internet fans were saying at the time and whatnot. But they knew he was going to say that. So it's not like people in the back are like, what's he saying? Cut his mic. Can you believe this? Like, they fucking knew what he was saying. Like, that, it was planned. So what he was saying was real, but it was planned. Yeah. It's, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like how you know a speech is coming. And you know, like, what it is that they're going to say almost, but you can't really pinpoint just everything. You dig what I mean? Like, he, CM Punk was, like, pretty, they knew what he was going to say, like Phil said, but it was still off the top, too, with, with some of the stuff he felt. So it was, right. it was, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed the pipe bomb. But you know who the hell should get a damn episode, bro? And I just really thought about this <laughs> shit. Or what what Ooh. subjects should be covered huh. is the mini like the huh. the politics of Hulk Hogan. Mm. Oh yeah, all, all the shady shit this nigga that did over the years to keep himself on top. Like like fucking WrestleMania nine, where he's told Vince he's not going to show up for his <laughs> tag match with Brutus if he doesn't yep. walk away with the title. So they can like. Shoehorn him into the main event after <laughs> Brett and Yoko. All that it's awesome. crazy. That guy, that guy got to buy it if I don't forgiven for champion. that piece of shit he said, huh? Did he? I mean, like, 
they, 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 they not by the people, but by the by the by WWE. Like he's back in. Yeah, he, he came and he apologized okay. to the locker room. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what. I just. I, uh, I don't. Think I don't think the new guy uh, accepted his apology. Or Mark what? Henry or a couple other people. But, you know. Oh, quick question. Who was, what are you guys that watch, I mean, more often than I do, what what was that guy that just quit WWE and he did like a face, uh, uh, FaceTime uh, thing? Do you guys know about that? I'm talking about that Drake Maverick guy? A black guy? Oh, black guy. He... he Talking about, that it was uh, ACH or yeah, yeah. in the WWE? Yeah, yeah. I see. I know him as ACH. I didn't really watch him when he was in NXT, but he had like they made a shirt for him with like a big like his name as if it was teeth because apparently he had like a big sm- his gimmick was that he smiled. So they made a smile, but when it you put it on a terrible. black shirt, it's kind of oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that now? That's what it was. Did you guys? I mean, you know, I don't know. If this would be a subject, but the racism. Uh, okay, so in, where in I would itself, put that at is is WWE racist? I mean, The Rock was I'll champion. He's I would stop it. <laughs> but but you can't ignore his body cap and call him Samoan when you're trying to. It, it, it doesn't work that way. You can't stop pick that. and choose what you oh, claim. Oh, oh, oh. Are you are you are you of the old though. Southern adage that one drop means you're uh, Negro? <laughs> No, yeah. really though, really though, wouldn't that be a good a good episode? Uh, like the racism, or not not necessarily what wrestlers, but like you know, you know a topic like racism or or fucking uh, in, in wrestling drug, in the drug abuse, steroid abuse. You know, I think those would be good topics. No, I think that yeah. like because hmm? Coco Beware was no, a thing. True <laughs> sure that. I mean, no, for real, My- you could. I think you should really cover it in re- in wrestling in general, though, because like right. in WWE, right? You could point out a few things that happened or haven't happened that were questionable, but they done erased a lot of that shit. Now they done gave Kofi ass the title. They done did a whole bunch of shit to be like, hey, see, look. Um, but and to their to their credit, in seconds though, every ten years huh? they give us a black champion. They give us Mark Henry and then they give they us Kofi. Did. Every 10 years we yeah, get one. You don't count. Hold on. Wait a minute. Mark Henry when do Booker not T count. Up against Triple H. Mark Henry do not count as no world champion. Why do you guys always say that the world's championship was like a real champion? You know damn well that wasn't treated like a real world championship. That was treated damn near like an intercontinental title. Right. That's the SmackDown belt, right? Yeah, but the, even then, still, it was still treated like that. Though. You get what I'm saying? So it was. I mean, the, on the, the SmackDown show, huh? I said on the SmackDown show, it was. Yeah, it was. It was, it was. It was what it was. But SmackDown was always the lower the show, though. It was always treated the, as the lower show, and the title was treated as lower it, title. And, yeah, and then they were also doing those Raw SmackDown super shows where yeah. it was just everybody on both shows wrestling. So you had both world and champions. And they always made season. the world heavyweight champion look weak. The only reason I said that was is because it's like you give when you give guys like Booker T or Mark Henry that belt, it don't mean nothing. Like Mark Henry, especially when he did his fake retirement, he should have been a WWE champion right there. 
When he did that fake retirement, that was the greatest fake retirement ever of all, ever. He should have been a champion. In that time, he should have been a champion. But uh, as far as who was the other guy you were saying? Booker T. Man, look, Booker T. They gave him that title after WrestleMania 19, after that debacle. Nah, bro. He should have been a champion. Yes. 19. Like, you know. But so here's him. Yeah. Can, I, can I say something about Booker T? Can I say something? I love Booker T. I love Booker T. Scott Hall has said that. Uh, no, I think it was Kevin Ash. Kevin Ash had said that Booker T is like the only legitimate black guy in pro wrestling. Because his gimmick is just he's a black guy. You know? Like he acts yeah, like a black yeah, guy. Yeah. He talks like a black guy. Like definitely. You know? But it bothers me to no end that he still calls himself a five-time WCW champion. Motherfucker, you also won the world heavyweight title. You yeah. are six-time world champion. Stop selling yourself short. That's the white man conditioning you to hold yourself back. Give yourself credit. Believe in yourself. Take pride. Take pride in yourself, young man. You know, you guys. I know you're talking about Booker T. I just, I, I, um, I know a good, a good topic. We're talking about topics that would be that whole invasion era when you hear about like how they were fucking treating those new w oh i would w- love w- to see that that would be really- like buff buff ba- buff bagwell so, how they fucking play, played his ass oh so so check this out um me and joaquin are working with uh uh some people on a wrestling related project right i don't know how much i'm allowed to say so i'm gonna keep it back but we were we were, we were chatting and we we're talking about like you know all the different wrestling podcasts right now and I was saying how what I like, I enjoy 83 weeks more than something to wrestle. And that's because Bischoff kind of like keeps it real. And there's a lot of times where Bischoff would be like, yeah, this fucking right. sucked. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Right. Seemed like a good idea at the time. But when, you, but when you listen to something to wrestle, Bruce Pritchard seems to just really be drunk on the corporate Kool-Aid. Because <laughs> Conrad will talk to him about like the invasion and be like, and he'll ask him point blank, like, why did you bury all the WCW? Every one of them, you buried every WCW star. And Bruce Pritchard will come back with some shit like, how do we bury him? We put him on a national television show against some of the greatest superstars in the world. How is that buried? You don't have to go over to get over, okay? We gave those men opportunities. And then Conrad will rebut with things like, I mean, did you? Lost to the Undertaker's wife. Isn't 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 he still working for the E? Man, not he is. That's crazy. Shit, bro. He, yeah, because if he. If he can't afford to admit the company made mistakes, Vince will fire him. For I can't it. hear anybody. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy, man. Like that's the wildest okay. thing. And, and oh uh, my god! I think the only best employee that Vince McMahon has ever is had in a position is probably Paul Heyman. We're, we're all oh, here, JD. I don't hear anybody. My bad. Paul Heyman. That's another dark side of the ring episode. All the, the, the way that Paul Heyman like, almost checkbook. Oh, yes, Paul Heyman's checkbook. Yeah, that would be awesome. 
Oh, they will have a. They, that might have to be a two parter. I mean, they could they could do an episode on that WCW coup that Todd Gordon supposedly tried to do in in ECW, where he was trying to like take some ECW guys and go to WCW and not tell Paul and do an ECW invasion. And that's what led to Paul firing Todd Gordon, taking over the company, and that match with uh, Bill Alfonso and Eula McGillicuddy that was the bloodbath. That would be interesting as hell, actually. Well, yeah, yeah, it, would. it sure would. Yeah, but all right, gentlemen, it is getting it is getting to be about that time. Ah, so I think we should call. send us and, off. We, you know, we should have Evan send us off. Oh, you got me send you off. Okay. Well, I appreciate you. We appreciate you from the voice party. This is Richmond's podcast and beyond that. For my boy JD, for my brother Joaquin, for my brother Phil. You know, we want to thank you guys for watching. Hope you guys enjoyed this review of Dark Side of the Ring. Stay tuned for next week. And as usual, eat healthy, speak healthy, live healthy. Ah, let's go to work. Let's go. Yeah. All right, we are out. And woo, this has been the voice so party. Woo. Voice party. We're out. We out. Very.